Cherry Pop Horror. Good evening, and welcome to Cherry Pop Horror, the horror movie podcast where it's always someone's first time. Your host is Jacob, and in this show they tackle all things horror, be they your classic slashes, gore fests, monster flicks, kids horror animated. Basically, if it's got enough horror themes to it, they'll give it a watch. If you've seen the movie before, just sit back and relax. If not, don't worry. They'll be running through the plot, talking about the tricks and the treats, and just generally having a good laugh. If you'd like to get in on the discussion, you can send them an email, cherrypopora at gmail.com, and or following them on Twitter, at cherrypophorror. Okay, here we go. Happy Halloween! <laughs> I think the definition of Halloween changes as we get older. At first, it's about trick-or-treating and candy and games. Then you hit a slightly older age, and it's more about the feeling. It's about a good party where you dress up in a cool costume, basically the only time we reliably get to play dress-up as adults. You can go from carving pumpkins to making killer cocktails for your Halloween bash. For some people, like myself, it's just a good opportunity to watch a couple of creepy movies and revel in the fact that it's now socially acceptable to do so. So let's dive into a movie that has our holidays namesake. Hello Ryan and welcome back to Cherry Pop Horror. What's been your best Halloween costume? Hello. Uh, my best Halloween costume is honestly I have not really had any good ones so I wouldn't really call it my best. I'd call it my mediocre one. Um, well, Halloween's, not, Halloween's not a thing in New Zealand. No. Dear Americans listening, like you guys do Halloween hard out. Here it's like I get maybe two trick-or-treaters a year if that. Yeah. <laughs> like it's... I think it's catching on more nowadays. Yeah, like in terms of there seems to be. I think it's just with the like the uh, the millennials basically now are coming through and basically having grown up with that. You know, the TV kind of uh, TV shows are always showing American Halloween. Mm. It's now starting to get into the culture a little bit more here, but definitely not something that we grew up with. Um, but in terms of my best Halloween costume, as I said, not really any good ones. Um, I did do Jack the Ripper once a long time ago in high school. Um, but it was... Describe this costume for me, Ryan. Did you have like a trench coat and a top hat? Like that kind of Jack the Ripper? Basically, yeah. (laughs) It was, it was basically, yeah, what do I have in my closet that I can throw on an hour beforehand? Um, (laughs) yes. And grab a, you know, a toy knife. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's what you're doing. I mean, I, I had a Halloween party last year and I went as uh, Beatrix Kiddo from Kill Bill. Oh, okay. But in the second movie, you know, she's got, she, she has an outfit that's basically like jeans, a red shirt, a leather jacket, and like some, some like cowboy boots. I basically wore that. Mm. And then just, did, got, I did, just. Did people actually recognize you though? No. <laughs> Beatrix Kiddo, I mean, Kill Bill, it's kind of like a, a slightly more obscure reference, I guess. Yes. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> nobody recognized me, but that's okay. <laughs> um, otherwise I did do, I, for like my 16th birthday party, I dressed up as a character from Interview with the Vampire. That was pretty fun. I think that's the hardest out I've ever, I've ever done like a Halloween costume kind of thing. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, it wasn't Halloween, it was a birthday party, so I don't think I can count it. So I'll go, I'll go with Beatrix Kiddo, which was basically <laughs> casual wear with, uh, with, and I bought a cool faux leather jacket and a plastic samurai sword. 
<laughs> That's the best I've got, Ryan. It's it's always the two dollar shop, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Two dollar mart where you can just pick up plastic swords and knives and stuff and pretend you're a serial killer. <laughs> Well, this week's movie, um, you know, I don't know if you know this, the iconic character, their their mask is made from an inside-out William Shatner mask. I had heard that before, but, like, I I didn't think, I haven't thought about it now until you've just said it, but I have heard it in the past. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure if it's inside-out or whether they just painted it or something like that, but it's a William Shatner mask. So, on that theme and that clue, uh, it was Ryan's first time this week watching Halloween 1978. Woo! Woo! Yeah. (laughs) The one, the only, the classic Halloween. Halloween night. A small American town. Fifteen years ago. trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. <laughs> I think he'll come back. Exploring uncharted territory. And totally charted. Just Sure, sure. The only reason she babysits is to have a Halloween. Okay, Come on out. This is one of the, the, I was about to say golden oldies, but that's not quite right. <laughs> you know, like, the, the classic slashes, when people talk about, like, the, the 80s slashes, it's always like, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, you know, all of those ones. Mm-hmm. So, this is uh, an iconic piece to be tackling. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I only watched this for the first time, I think, last year, and I think it might be one of those things where if you didn't grow up with it, maybe it's... Yeah, maybe you have to be in a certain age range or something like that. I don't think it has anything to do with age range. I think it has something to do with the the time it was made, basically. Mm. Like, 
when I go back and watch old horror films now, they don't hit as hard as I think they would have when they first came out. And that's like, and that, that kind of uh, pushing the boundaries might have been new for the people of that time in 1978. Yeah, um, that's true. Something like, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, I find a lot of old horrors, uh, I find them more comedy now, mm. honestly. Um, I don't know if that's just because I've become, you know, acclimatized to like the tropes and everything like that. Yeah. And because these movies, these movies are where the tropes have come from. Yeah. Which is where I I think it's got the Superman problem for me, where it's like, you know, he's become his own cliche and therefore I find him boring. And I think that's the, not that we found this movie, well, I can't speak for, for Ryan, not that we found this movie like, you know, unwatchable or boring or anything like that. It just wasn't, didn't quite live up to the, the, the name for me. It wasn't a movie that, you know, I got halfway through it and decided, I, you know, I was Can't too bored it. to pick out my phone. But it was also, I wasn't glued to the screen. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So, you know, you've had your warning. You know, if you're a diehard Halloween fan, you know, <laughs> we're, not, we're not going to be just gushing over it. Although there are some definite points in this movie I love. Yeah. There are some things in this that are done so, so well. John Carpenter's always been an amazing director and everything like that. I mean, The Thing is an 80s movie, and I fucking love The Thing to death. Mm. Um, so, so let's jump on in. We, hot takes, here we come. Yeah, hot takes. I'm so sorry, <laughs> uh, dear horror community. If you're here to... To listen to more people gush about this movie, that, that this may not be for you. <laughs> it's perfectly fine. It, we're just not going to gush on it. But starting on an absolutely positive note, the the music is really, really good. It is. And I guess I guess my first question on this, because I, I should have looked this up before I even came here, but like, was Jaws made before or after this film? Oh, that's a very good question. Maybe I can speed Google one second. Because Jaws was, like, the first one, right, to always have, like, the music... Like a mu- musical sting, right? Yeah, that always hit when the villain was around, right? 75 for Jaws. So, yes, this yeah. was three years later. So, I wonder if they took it from that a little bit. The fact that the music was... The music was always played whenever... Um, the Whenever Myers was there. Yeah. So, it's like a musical indication that, you know, the killer's nearby. Yeah. Which is, again, uh, Friday the 13th does the same thing, doesn't it? With the... With its musical sting, I'm pretty sure it does. Nice, I'm not sure. Mm. But, yeah. Uh, anyway, the the music's great. Mm. There's the, the opening sting as the not the sting the opening theme as the credits start rolling and everything like that i really loved Mm. it's really like gets your heart pumping and everything like that credits roll on a black screen accompanied by a lit jack-o'-lantern we slowly zoom into the jack-o'-lantern we get title cards saying you know john carpenter's halloween and we continue to zoom in as the credits roll the musical theme is just Fantastic. You don't need flashy visuals when the music is this iconic. I do have one thing to say here. And yeah. I've been thinking about this ever since I watched it. Uh-huh. Pumpkins. Yes. Right? Okay. I'm what? with you so far. <laughs> okay. This is very much going to be something for people here in New Zealand. Where the hell are our orange pumpkins? I you know have what? never seen an orange pumpkin before in real life. It is always white. <laughs> this is our last Halloween special. You're not the first one to bring up why the fuck don't we have orange pumpkins in New Zealand. <laughs> we were talking about carving pumpkins and we're like, the best we could do was a butternut squash. <laughs> and you're right, like, maybe it's just something that doesn't grow here. I've never seen orange pumpkins in, like, I've the supermarkets or anything. Yeah. 
you get our pumpkins are sort of like the, a grey green. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a certain certain breed of pumpkins that you need. I don't know. It, or is it, it is it like a movie thing? Like that, that's what I'm wondering. Like, they're only orange in movies for some reason. <laughs> like like oh, I don't know. Because carrots are never were never meant to be orange. Hmm. Like they they were bred that way. I don't know. I like uh, yeah. I, my best guess is that it's, it's something that's just. You can find in America and it's become like an, a trope kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But because come Halloween, you know, all the Halloween decorations are orange pumpkins, everything. Yeah. And But it's, it's yeah. It's as not, far as I know, they don't exist. <laughs> I have never seen one. It might as well be Mothman. Like, <laughs> it's just not real. <laughs> we get a title card. Um, we are in Haddonfield, Illinois. Halloween night, 1968. So this is uh, 10 years before the movie happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, we listen to some kids saying Halloween rhymes, and we get a point of view camera as someone walks to the front of a house where a couple are making out. A lot of shaky cam in this film as well. Quite a decent amount. It's um, I like the point of view though. Mm. I think it's done really well in this um, in this opening bit at least. I think they use it a bit later as well, don't yeah, they? Yeah, a, a couple bit. of times. Uh, yeah, there's a couple making out. We follow them as they make out around the house. They like. <laughs> go to the couch and make out for a bit they turn off the lights and just decide to head upstairs i think it's because their parents won't be home or something like that so they're gonna go up and do naughty teenage things that get people murdered during the 80s you know mm-hmm. <laughs> the classic we walk to the front porch um as the upstairs light goes out and then we head round the back of the house. We enter through, like, the kitchen door or something like that. Yeah. My first question here was, why the hell is the back door open? But then I, you know, later on it got answered. But it also seems to be a thing, I don't know if it was just the time, being, the, you know, the 70s or, or whatever. Yeah. I've... But, like, everyone seems to have their doors unlocked. <laughs> I know, right? Thank you. It's not just me. <laughs> I was talking to, I think I was talking to, to someone from work who's a bit older than I am, a, a generation, um, above, above us. And they were saying, yeah, it's, it wasn't that unusual during that time to like, just leave things unlocked. Mm. And I'm like, that's wild. <laughs> like, I, I can't fucking imagine. Like, <laughs> I double check my locks before I go to bed. Yeah. I'm like, everything's closed, secured, locked down. Cool. Now I can go to bed. <laughs> but yeah, maybe it was just a cultural thing at the time. You just left everything yeah. un- unlocked open because safe suburban neighborhood, maybe. Uh, yeah. We Again, the music here is very haunting. Mm. It's it's very, very good. I really like it. We turn the light out and reach into a drawer for a kitchen knife. And we see that we're a child. Because it's quite a small arm that reaches out, grabs a kitchen knife. Mm. And we um, we brandish the knife in the full psycho stabbing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's great. I like that. Um, and we, we walk the house through the lounge where the couple were making out to the stairs and the guy is already leaving. <laughs> I thought this was funny. Please don't, don't, thank you, you noticed this as well. It wasn't just I was me. Like, he's been up there for like a 10 minute. seconds. <laughs> he's already like putting his clothes back on and going, thanks, babe, I'll see you later. And I'm like, dude, um, go see your doctor maybe. That's a little too fast. Like, <laughs> you're right, it's been like maybe a minute. Yeah. And he's already done. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my dude. Um, we... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll mention it later, but the fact that this guy doesn't see the kid brandishing a knife as he walks out the door, yeah. wild maybe again. Maybe things to get checked. <laughs> vision, as <well. laughs> vision as well. Check your vision and maybe tell your doctor you you maybe uh, 
are a little premature in bed. (laughs) We head upstairs. um, We dawn a clown mask that we find on the floor. So now the camera's slightly blurred as well as we're looking through a mask. Again, really cool Mm. to do this to the camera and make it look like like we are, as the audience, wearing a mask. It's really cool. I like it. It is is very cool. Uh, We head to the bedroom where a girl sits naked, brushing her hair. We've got full titties on display. Mm. We get this, like, quite a lot in this movie, actually. There's a lot of titties in this movie. There's a few, yeah. Yeah, it's a decent number. I think three three people? You counted them? (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure three characters get their boobs out in this movie. We get this opening one, and then two of the girls, of of the three friends, also get their boobs out in this movie. Uh, the girl turns around and calls us Michael as we stab her to death. Um, very convincing death scene. <laughs> very much so. <laughs> so convincing. Oh, Mike, Michael, no! Ah! <laughs> and I was just like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes, it's very um, local theatre. Mm-hmm. But bless her for trying. Yeah. She dies and we head downstairs and out the front door as a couple comes home. They obviously know who we are and we assume it's our parents. So... We can thus assume that we just murdered our sister. Most likely. Yes. They, although... Could be the babysitter. Given some shit that happens later, like, this could be just apparently any random stranger that decides to walk in your house and have sex. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my god. Uh, they pull the mask off our face and we get a long shot to reveal young Michael dressed as a clown, standing at the entrance of his house brandishing the bloody kitchen knife. Hmm. He looks kind of vacant and confused. Yes. Not, a, not a bad opening. No, not a bad opening. I actually, I quite liked it. I mean, apart from the awful acting for the death scene, I'm sorry. Bless you for trying, but not great. Yeah. <laughs> apart, apart from that, you know, all, all the camera work and... The camera work, the music's yeah. exceptional. Yeah, all the camera work's great. The... the fact that it was all one shot, you know. Oh, you're right. It is one shot. Yeah. That's very impressive. Yeah. And um, the actor who played young Michael... Looks, did did a good job looking confused and dazed at the end of it. Very much so. Yeah. Kind of remind me of the kid from Home Alone a little bit. Was <laughs> <laughs> it Kevin McAllister? Yeah. Oh. oh, what's the actor's name? Oh, God. Um, Macaulay Culkin. Mm. Yeah. We get title card telling us Smith's Grove, Illinois, October 30th, 1978. Mm. So we're not in Haddonfield anymore. It's a stormy night and a pair drive together. It looks to be a doctor and a nurse. Yes. This is who we will uh, later be introduced to as Dr. Loomis, who is Michael Myers' <laughs> doctor. Yes, who I have a bit of an issue with this character because... <laughs> <laughs> Go on. What purpose does he serve? <laughs> oh, just in general? Just in general. Oh, he's there for the end. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's here throughout the movie just to be there at the end. Although I... you could have literally given his entire part to the sheriff. Exactly. Yeah, he could... yeah okay, sure. <laughs> I guess he's there to explain Michael to us throughout the movie. A little bit, but it's just... It seems so pointless. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it feels like he should have been killed in the opening or something. I don't want to go on the Indiana Jones trope of, you know, like, if he wasn't there, the movie wouldn't have changed, but... If he wasn't there, the movie wouldn't have changed. (laughs) None of of the information he provides is, is, like, anything that couldn't have been provided by like newspapers or mm. yeah or the sheriff yeah exactly saying hey look the, the there was a breakout at the local psychiatric hospital and blah 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 who killed his sister 30 years ago got out mm. 
Like that's yeah. yeah. The other thing I I, <laughs> I took an issue with during the film. Why are there so many characters who start their name with an L? Yes, thank you. <laughs> I started getting them confused. So if I call them the wrong name, just just prompt it's me. Like because <laughs> Loomis, Laurie, Linda, Lindsay, Lindsay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've got four characters with L names. It's very confusing. Um, yeah, it's, I started getting confused near the end as well. They, the the doctor and the nurse discuss the high security nature of tonight's task, whatever tonight's task is. Um, I think they discuss it, don't they? That the transporting transporting patients it sounds like they were taking him to a court for re-evaluation or something, something like, like that yeah. yeah oh yeah they, they head up the drive um, of a medical institute we learn that uh, michael myers hasn't spoken a word in years 15 years 15 years that's mm. a decent amount of time to to be quiet yeah <laughs> he stays quiet for the rest of the film as well <laughs> and loomis keeps referring to myers as it and the nurse says don't you think we should refer to to it as him and he's like, no, it's not a him. <laughs> Doesn't he like describe him as like the embodiment of evil or something like that? Kind of. Yeah. Being along the, you yeah, know, he's not a human, he's a monster. Yeah. Vibe. Yeah, exactly. And I got questions about that later about what is Michael. Because he does some supernatural shit, but at no point do they suggest he is supernatural. Hmm. Uh, they discuss Michael's medications. The doctor is very nervous and explains that he never wants Michael to get out, so they need the trial to go a certain way. Yeah, I think it is. It must be a retrial or something like that, you know, to check the competen- competency. Yeah. Where they reevaluate and see if you're okay to be released into the general public or whatever. Yeah, basically. It must be something like that. The same way you do parole, basically, for jail as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just see if you're you know, ready to be rehabilitated into yeah. society. I mean, he hasn't spoken a word in 15 years, so <laughs> generally you think maybe there's still something there that needs to be um, yeah. treated psychiatrically. Although this is the 70s. God knows what psychiatric treatment was like in the 70s. Mm. A little further up the road, we see pa- patients sort of meandering, wandering around the roadside, and they stop at a fence just before the hospital. The doctor gets out. There's clearly been some sort of breakout because there's patients walking around. Meanwhile, um, while the doctor's like talking on one of the phones or something like that, there's like a little... Was it a phone? Uh, like by the gate? Like, did he walk up to the gate and like pick up a phone or something? I thought he was just going to basically open it. Oh, he was just putting in his code. Yeah. Oh, okay. Could be, yeah. Um, but while while he's doing that, someone climbs onto the back of the car. We actually see his face. We see his face a couple of times in this movie. And I always thought he was like, you know, like Jason, you yeah. basically never it's see his ne- face. It's never a good shot, though. It's no, always... It's, it's always like half shadow or yeah. in the darkness. Um, someone climbs on top of the car and tries to pull the no- uh, the nurse through the window, causing her to crash down a down an embankment or something like that just a sh- shallow one but she like drives her car for a couple of seconds doesn't she yeah i think she kicks it into reverse if i remember correctly but it does move a little bit but not too far because then he takes it afterwards yeah yeah it's definitely not stuck or anything like that the the nurse kind of like huddles herself in the corner and the patient sm- smashes the window with an open hand with an open palm as well yeah like that's some <laughs> freaky shit <laughs> Yeah, normally you need, like, a point of impact. That was, like... it. He bitch-slapped that car window to death, like... <laughs> he doesn't pull the nurse out, sorry. She crawls out on her own. 
and the and the patient climbs into the car and drives away. Yes. The doctor checks on her to make sure that she's okay before he has like a slight breakdown. <laughs> he's like, he's gone. The evil has escaped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the evil is gone from here. I think he says. Yeah. And we cut back to Haddonfield. Halloween, daytime. We see sort of a quaint suburban area. We get some lovely shots of the roadsides. It's all very quiet. Very, very leafy tranquil. suburb. Very yeah, nice. very leafy, actually. Mm. That's why. That's how you can tell it's the 70s. Mm. Nowadays, everything is pavement. <laughs> Laurie st- uh, steps out of her house and heads down the road. Her dad is a realtor and asks her to drop a, f- a key to the old Myers house because somebody's going to come and take a look at it too. Does that point ever get built on? The fact that somebody's going to buy the Myers house? Not the fact that someone's going to buy it, but the fact that she has to stop off there, yeah. I think, is like the instigator for everything. But yeah. no. <laughs> Who's buying it? Who's like, that broken down house over there, like, it's the 1970s. There's housing galore and fairly cheaply. Unle- it's not actual Mike Myers who is coming to look at the house, but then he would have- That would be so funny! Because he is in the house later on. <laughs> he is, yes. But I think he breaks in, right? Yeah. He wouldn't be able to talk to the realtor and be like, I'm coming to buy my old house. That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> the best thing you've said in 15 years. <laughs> oh my god. No, I'd like to take a look at that house down the road. <laughs> <laughs> oh, or maybe, you know, maybe Laurie's dad is just very good at interpreting- Interpreting. Interpreting. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Heavy breathing. <laughs> so Laurie's dad gets a phone call. And he's just oh, the Myers house. Really? The Myers house. You said <laughs> absolutely. I'll drop a key off later. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's how it went. Like, Maybe. <laughs> no, it's never brought up who is actually looking at buying the Myers house and why. Because it's it's broken down. It's it's a murder house. People say it's haunted. Who the fuck is buying this? Well, these days. Like, anybody would buy a murder house oh. in New Zealand. Yes, but that's in the modern times, Ryan. We're all desperate to find like, somewhere like, to live. murder house? Say 500 grand. <laughs> yes, please. Possibly haunted. How much extra do you take off for possibly haunted? If I prove it, can I have more off? Yeah. <laughs> but yes, she's been tasked by her dad to... I think this is the one and only time we see her father. Yes. Yeah. He's basically asked her to drop the key off. Someone's going to come take a look at the old haunted house. So she walks down the streets, but is stopped by a young boy. This is Tommy. She's his babysitter, and we'll be looking after him tonight. Mm. Um, cute kid. And pretty well acted. Yeah, I thought he does a good job. Yeah. Uh, him and Lindsay do better jobs than the adults mm. in this movie. But yes, um, yeah, he's like, oh, can we carve pumpkins? Can we watch horror movies? She's like, yes, yes, yes. She's clearly a very, yeah, she's a very good babysitter. Mm. She's attentive to it, to the kid, and he kind of trusts her and everything like that. Uh, we see the house from the opening, the old Myers house. Though now it's run down and broken, some of the windows look, like, dusty as all hell. They're not broken or anything like that, they're just dusty. She leaves the key under the mat as someone watches her from inside. Dun, 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 dun. Do you reckon this is why he keeps following her, is just because she went to his old house? Like, is that the instigator for our story, is just that... She stepped on his porch. It could very well be. And he just gets, like, a fixation on her. And it's also the... Later on when they, like, yell at him in the car, right, as well? Yes. I think that's Annie who yells at him. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm. 
don't know. Yeah, I, I never figured out exactly why he was focused on these three. On, on yeah, these three in particular. Maybe it was because they yelled at him. But he was already kind of stalking Laurie. Yeah. So he I was think, also stalking the kid. Maybe it's, maybe it's because they went to the house then. Because he yeah. does kind of stalk the kid for, I, for like, a little bit. I always thought that he was basically potentially looking for a victim like trying to choose one and then when they yelled at him in the car and he did you know the whole he's like motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) that's when things took off but he's like I'm gonna kill you all (laughs) road rage at its max (laughs) yeah Michael Myers may have mild road rage we're not sure (laughs) but yes uh, it's possible that the fact that um, Tommy and Laurie went to this house is why he starts um, stalking them and stuff like that the kid tells Laurie that the house is haunted and they walk down the road until he eventually goes to school and she ends up walking alone. Michael steps into frame and watches her as she slowly meanders down the road. Mm. This shot goes on for a while. Yeah. We we watch her walk, walk the full length of a street. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, we can cut now. <laughs> Dr. Loomis and another man discuss the dangers of the fact that Myers has escaped. I think this is at the courthouse where he was meant to have his hearing or something like that. Wasn't this a phone call? Because I thought, no, that, I thought no. the next time we saw Loomis was he was on, he was at a phone booth. Uh, uh, no, it's before that. Oh, okay. He's, uh, he's like coming out of a courthouse with another man who, again, we don't see again for the rest of the movie. And he's like, no, you don't understand. He's a dangerous blah, 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 blah. Oh, I remember that, yeah. Yeah. It, you know, the danger is the fact that Myers has escaped. They guess, or Loomis guesses anyway, that he's heading to Haddonfield. Um, returning to the scene of the crime, or whatever the fuck he says. <laughs> Loomis uh, asks the man to convince the courts of the dangers so that they can get police involved in trying to recapture Myers. Laurie sits in class with the most monotone teacher who has ever existed. Mm. <laughs> this teacher hates their life. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice this as well? It was like very much so, and I was just like, "Mike, you've you've got to grab those kids' attention." It's the cliche high school, <laughs> cliche <laughs> yeah, public high school. <laughs> public, yes, it's true. Cliche public high school. She glances outside and sees the masked Michael Myers. He officially has his Shatner mask on now. Yeah. Hooray! Oh, wait, does he? Did he have it when he was watching? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's watching her from across the road. She's called on in class to answer answer a question, and when she looks back, Myers is gone. He does this like quite a few times, which is why I'm like, he oh, must yeah. he must be fucking supernatural. Cause I think it's when she's in like her bedroom that I'm like, we'll, we'll tackle it when we get to it, but my god. He's <laughs> I scenes like this always remind me of scary movie now. Mm. I don't know if you've seen the first scary oh, movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, Cindy looks outside and there's Ghostface, and then she gets she has to talk to someone or answer a question or something like that, and you see Ghostface panic and run behind a tree. So when she looks back, he's gone. <laughs> it's it just makes me think of that. Like as soon as Laurie we look to a Mize is like <laughs> dives behind a bush or something like that. <laughs> We cut to school as the the school bell rings. Kids uh, run out all dressed in Halloween costumes. Tommy, the young boy who Laurie babysits, is being taunted by some bullies. The cliche bullies. (laughs) And the most unconvincing bullies I have seen in a while. (laughs) Like... Uh, Tommy and and the little girl we meet later, Lindsay, pretty good actors. These bullies, not so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, 
bullying in films is never done, I think, accurately to how it happens in real life. No. It's always very, um, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know, theatre? I don't know. It's yeah. very, like, the idea of bullying, not how bullying happens. Yeah, exactly. Mm. They, they tell him that the boogeyman is coming to get him. They trip him, and he smashes his pumpkin, mm. which is what he was going to carve with Laurie later. Oh, but somehow they have a pumpkin later. Oh, no, because Laurie brings a pumpkin. Laurie brings a pumpkin. So why he had a pumpkin at school, I don't know. But Maybe he was going to do it. He was going to carve that pumpkin, and then it smashed, and he had to, then Laurie had to bring one. Maybe he won the school raffle. <laughs> As a kid, like, that would be a shitty present. Like, he won the raffle. He's a giant vegetable. <laughs> Second prize, a kg of lollies. Here you go. <laughs> You're like, oh. Yeah, he smashes his pumpkin. Um, one of the kids, uh, one of the bully kids, as they're running away, bumps into Myers. Mm-hmm. And Myers just kind of holds him by the shoulders for a second and then lets him go. And I think it's because he's got that hyperfixation on on Tommy and Laurie at this point anyway. Yeah. So, you know, the kid's not the one he's after. They run away and Myers starts stalking Tommy as he walks across the school field. He gets into his car and tails the poor kid. Which, yeah, this is, this was one of the only parts that I thought that the acting for Tommy was a little bit weird. Um... The fact that he doesn't notice the car. Oh, yeah. My next note in big, bold letters says, I swear, no one in this movie has peripheral vision. <laughs> <laughs> like, we, had the, we had the boyfriend or whoever it was in the, in the opening shot who didn't notice the kid dressed in a bright clown costume holding a knife yeah. standing next to him as he walked out the door. And now Tommy doesn't notice a moving car yeah. next to him. And, and it's not for, like, only a couple of seconds. It's a good, like... It's a good minute or so. <laughs> like, this is a long shot. And this kid's just like, la, 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 la. And it's not like the car's tailing behind him. It's next to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not behind him. Ah! It just drives me nuts. I, I think to justify everything in my head, I have to, I have to imagine that this movie is an urban legend... Yeah. So, you know, all these things like peripheral I, vision and stuff like that, they just, it's just how the person's telling the story. It's, it's not, it's not a realistic yeah. portrayal of what would happen. I just say, my excuse is, it's the 70s. It's the 70s. <laughs> I mean, have you seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Oh my god. I'm not looking forward to doing that one. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know people love that movie. <laughs> I've watched it once and, oh, I did not have a good time. There's a lot of zigzag running and things like that, and I can't unsee it. <laughs> and I'm like, for God's sake, run in a straight line, he won't catch you. <laughs> At least we don't get that in this movie, I don't think. No. No, we don't get any zigzag much. running or anything like that. No. Uh, Loomis makes a phone call from a, uh, from a phone booth. Yes. Yes. To, to warn the, uh, I assume he's calling the local sheriff or something like I that. I assume so. And just be like, ah, oh, there's a madman. The, the embodiment of evil is on the way to your town. Prepare yourselves. I will be there shortly. Hmm. This scene really confused me. About what's going on. Yeah. So he finishes his phone call and then says he's on his way to Haddonfield. He's by the train tracks and finds an abandoned car. Yes. Which I think belongs to like a mechanic or a handyman or something like that. Very much so, or a tow company or something. Something like, like uh, that. Yeah. It's one of those sort of things. Because it's, it's how he gets his like um, mechanic's uniform outfit from. It's from this guy. Oh. I think. 
Oh, okay, that makes more sense now. Okay, so Mike Myers was driving this car. Not or, or not like, the one that he finds abandoned. He's still driving the, yeah, the nurse's car. No, yeah, but he gets his mechanic's uniform from the mechanic that was driving this car. Yes. Okay. I think. That makes more sense. Because I was like, why the hell is this this random car? Because <laughs> like, I wrote my notes and I was, I was like, oh, you know, um, Dr. Loomis finds Myers' car. And then I was like, hang on a minute. That's not the nurse's car. Who whose car is this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's I think some some sort of mechanic's car, um, and Doctor Loomis finds Myers' hospital gown, and then we pan over to the bushes to see a body of a man. Right. So I think he okay. killed the mechanic who was in this car and took his uniform so that he's not in his you know butt flapping yes. in the breeze gown. Yes. You know? <laughs> okay. That makes a lot more sense because the way that I viewed the scene in my head, kind of thing, I was like. I, he saw the car kind of thing. And he went over it and I was like, okay, what the hell is this car? You know, it has no reference in the film at all. Yes. And then he finds a white gown and then he saw the body. And I, my first initial thought was like, oh, the body is the nurse. And this, <laughs> oh. is, the, this is the nurse's uniform that he's found. Right. Okay. But no, that you're... you're I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure it's a hospital gown. Yeah, yours makes a lot more sense because I was also just like, why is there a nurse? Why is the nurse suddenly dead in a field next to a mechanic's car? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, these pieces ain't matching. Yeah. yeah. No, I think he he killed this mechanic to get his uniform, so he's yeah. he doesn't. <laughs> I like the idea of Myers walking around with his butt flapping in the breeze as he murders people. I like that a lot more than, than the mechanic's outfit. <laughs> no, it makes a lot more sense. So that that means we just never see the nurse again. I just assume. Uh, yeah, I don't think we see that nurse again. Yeah. She's probably been. Because the thing that threw me off was he finds the, uh, the light, uh, the matchbox. Yes, I the think. The same matchbox that the nurse was using in the car. Yes, so he does find that matchbox, a very distinct, like, p- bright like, pink it's, it's, or it's like, like a red. rabbit on it or something. Something like that, yeah. And that's why I was meaning, oh, it's the nurse. Kind of I thing. think it's just meant to, I don't know why Myers would drop it here or lose it here or whatever like that. But I think it's just meant to be like another clue that Myers was here. Like the gown and the matchbox is like, oh, okay, Myers was here. Yes. Okay. So the, the matchbox was still in the car kind of thing. And <laughs> when Myers stole when it. Myers stole it and then he basically chucked that. Makes more sense. Yeah. But I, was, I completely get your confusion because I think the first time I watched this, I just glossed over the scene and just went, I don't know what this is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just attributed the matchbox to the nurse because she was using it in the car. They do. They give you a very prominent shot of it. Yeah. But yeah, I, I get what you mean. I think, yeah, they're just trying to hint at it, I think. And yeah, it does an all right job, but. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does an okay job. Um, yeah, it makes it makes more sense when you go back and yeah think about it. But yeah, initially viewing it, I was I was confused. <laughs> I am confused. <laughs> Does Loomis see that body? No, he doesn't. I, d- I didn't think so because he kind of looks to the side and I was like, is he is he looking at the body and just doesn't have a reaction, or is there like a bush in the way and he can't see it? He doesn't have peripheral vision. <laughs> no one in this movie has peripheral vision. <laughs> Uh, back at the school, uh, we get some very half-assed cheerleading. Again, nobody in the... It feels like nobody who's, like, in view of the camera can be bothered putting in the effort. <laughs> I think I had a problem with another 80s movie we did with cheerleading that was very half-assed. But you can just hear them in the background going, Yeah, we love our school. Uh, yeah, woo! Cheerleading is such a weird phenomenon to me as well. It's not something we have here. No, cheerleading does, is, is not a it's thing. It's an entirely American thing, and it doesn't happen anywhere else. It is... Is it a sport, technically? 
It's like a mix of gymnastics and dance or something like that. I guess you could consider it. Like, the stuff they do is pretty crazy. Oh, yeah. But the flips and shit like that that they do. But, like, in terms of, like, our sports teams, we don't have cheerleaders. No. Or if we do, it's only at, like, the very highest level. And it's only for, like, a minute during, like, drinks break. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We we do mascots more than we do cheerleaders. Mascots and fireworks. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of them. And the hucker. <laughs> yes. If you don't know what the hucker is, look up the All Blacks on YouTube. They, yeah. they do the hucker. Is it before or? Before. Before each game. Yeah. Um, which is very cool. I'm not really into sports, but I love the fact that we, we have a thing as New Zealand. Mm. But yeah, cheerleading is... It's, it's bizarre. It's, yeah, it's completely unknown to me. But like, I mean, we're, Sean, Sean, my partner and I are currently rewatching Heroes. And, like, one of the characters in that is is a cheerleader. And there's so much, like, cheerleading stuff thrown at you. And I'm just like, wow, that's crazy. Mm. It's, yeah, it's a whole, like, cultural phenomenon, I think, is cheerleading in, in America. Jocks and cheerleaders. Jocks and cheerleaders. Yeah, it's just Nerds. not a thing in New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> Our schools were very mixed. Yeah. Like, you had your social groups, but that was usually just because that you, you had more things to talk about because you had similar interests. Yeah, basically. I mean, you still had your people that were, you know, obsessed with sports and stuff like that, and we were the drama geeks. Yeah. But but at the same time, like, nobody was like, oh, you can't hang out with us. You're yeah. not cool. Yeah, it, it all intermingled pretty much. Yeah. It was, yeah, it's so weird. Different anyway. time, though, as well. This is also one of the things I have, like, I have a personal grievance with the Grease film. Because I hate how it portrays jocks and nerds and stuff like that. But do they even have jocks and nerds in well, in Greece? Well, kind do, of, do you just the, mean the, that... the stereotype? You know, like whatever the, the boys from Greece are. Oh, but I think they're called Greasers. Yeah, but but just how it portrays things, the stereotypes. Yeah. I, I I take an issue with it, but yeah, that's just a personal grievance for me. And I think it's just how older films always did things. And some some modern films still yeah. still play into these tropes, especially if you're dealing with any kind of American high school. They always mm. do the the oh that's the nerds, and they're playing D and D or whatever like that, and you know mm. pushing up their glasses and stuff like that. And it's yeah. I don't know. It's I, it's a, it's stereotypes. Yeah, it's a cultural thing we don't have in New Zealand. We don't se- we don't se- segregate our groups like that. I guess. <laughs> yeah. If you're from America, let us know. Is that an actual thing or is it just a movie thing? Yeah. Because we don't know, we're not we're not American. We I've not been to America. Have you been to America? No, no. no. Um, anyway, Laurie and her friend Linda talk about school. Um, I think that I can't even remember what they're fucking talking about. I think it's textbooks or something. They, like that. They, she mentions that you're carrying so many textbooks and that you'll need a shopping cart to get home. I do remember that. Is that what she says? Yeah. Oh my god. Um, and then they start talking a little bit about like, yeah, cheerleading and just having too much stuff to do. Just general high school problems yeah. and stuff like that. Um, the, Linda does not look like she's the right age to be at a high school, but that's fine. We're just... Mm. Same with... Um, yeah, they're, they're then joined by Annie, who also looks like she's too old to be in a high school, but that's fine. Laurie's just passable, I think, as a as a yeah, teenager. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, But um, the others look mid to late 20s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine, which is fine. I, you know, this is a horror movie. I don't know what rating it is. I assume it's probably like R16, R18. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's fine. You can cast older people. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's just the thing with Hollywood is you always um, cast people older than the actual age they're playing. Yeah. Yeah, just to be safe in regards to, like, regulations and everything like that. Uh, yes. Yes, they're joined by Annie. 
Um, and they keep saying totally every three fucking seconds, which I just had to jot down because it was very annoying. That takes me back. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I was totally doing cheerleading, and it was totally, like, too much, and Brad totally talked to me, and it was totally amazing, and I was like, shut up! <laughs> Please, just stop. To be fair, we had our own words back then. Oh, I know. I, in high school as well. Do you remember epic? <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, epic. Oh, my God. That's so epic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I have no doubt that if we listened to ourselves back then, it would be insufferable. Like, <laughs> we, we could not. <laughs> we learned that uh, Annie is also babysitting tonight. Uh, Laurie says that she forgot her textbook and the three of them watch as Myers drives past them watching. Mm. Uh, yeah, because they, they stop because Laurie's like, oh, I forgot my textbook. And they look back at the school and that's when Myers' car drives past. And he's just, <laughs> we get quite a cool shot, but it made me giggle. I don't know why. I think it was maybe a nervous laugh. I don't know. But they were driving past and Myers is just like full on staring at them as he's driving. <laughs> and I was just like, watch the road, my dude. <laughs> To be fair, I don't think we see, like, any other cars driving on the suburbs at all. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there's very few cars. I think we have Annie's car, Myers' car, and, like, the sheriff's car. Yeah. Annie calls out to the car. What does she say? She calls him, like, a creep or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Enough to make him slam on the brakes. Yeah, Myers stops for a moment and then continues on. It's a good long pause. Mm. It's a It's a moment. I, I, I thought it was a good moment. I, you know, oh yeah, I like that. Him, you know, because like you'd expect him to get out of the car and basically chase him down, but and then the, the music to kick in the yeah. as he starts walking towards them or whatever. Mm. Um, yeah, the car drives off anyway, and I think you're right. This might be the point when he decides to kill them all. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Mize's ultimate road rage. <laughs> this is good that we're getting somewhere because one of my one of my. <sighs> grievances with this film a little bit was a lack of a motive for the villain we've got the motive now road rage <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah, I mean, for a second then I, th- I thought you said um, lack of emotion and I was just like yeah it's kind of his thing <laughs> no no <laughs> No, because I don't think it's ever explained why he's doing this, apart from the fact apart that he's from a the, psychopath. Yeah, apart from he's pure evil or whatever yeah. like that. Like, there's no... Because most serial killers, yes, they can be described as pure evil, but they usually have, like, a reason, a motive. Yeah. Uh, and, I, I mean, we get some kind of, I guess, hinting at things with the, the fact that the gravestone gets stolen and the fact that he sits almost up like a shrine kind of thing. Yeah. But, like... I mean, it's we never... could talk about it at the end of the movie, yeah. and, because he doesn't really have, he doesn't really have, like, a demographic either. You know, most serial killers, you know, they're, they're uh, you know, they kill teenage boys, or they, they only kill, um, female prostitutes, or whatever like that. And he kind of goes everywhere. Hmm. He'll kill anything. I guess he, maybe he just really is pure evil. Potentially, yeah. Um, but we'll have to discuss that when we talk about the, the, Essence of his supernaturalness. Mm. The three decide to hang out while babysitting tonight, though Linda has a date with her boyfriend, I think, Bob? <laughs> yes. I think that's his name. Sorry, Dad. My dad's name is also Bob. Um, <laughs> I think we've got, we got Linda. There's, there's Bob, there's Paul. I think That's right. Two. Paul is with Annie. Yeah. And Bob is with... Um, is it Bob is with Linda. Linda? I think it's Are we Linda. sure it's Linda? I'm pretty sure it's Linda. <laughs> and Laurie likes a boy, but I didn't bother writing oh, yeah, down Laurie his name. Oh, yeah, Laurie likes Ben. Ben. Is it Ben? Ben Trammer, I think it is. Oh, my God, how do you know this? I pick up random I, stuff. I did my notes on this yesterday, and I don't know who, who she had a crush on. 
I'm pretty sure it was Ben Tremor. I could be completely wrong, but I think that's the name. <laughs> Points to you. Jesus, I can't remember. Uh, they walk the suburban roads. Uh, Linda ends up breaking off to head home. Laurie spots Myers watching them from a bush. I think it's while Annie's like going through her bag looking for something. And she tells yes. Annie, but when by the time she's looked up, Myers is gone. And Annie runs over to confront them. And he's not there anymore. But she... She fakes it. She's just like, oh, Laurie, he likes you. He wants to talk to you. Come and talk to him. Or something like that. Yeah, they said the... I think it's because Annie keeps going on about how, like, frigid Laurie is or something like that. Yeah, very much so. She's like, you never go out. You never have a boyfriend. Why aren't you having sex? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like Annie, calm. Hair pressure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do not appreciate this. Uh, Annie tells her off. Um, yeah, Annie tells Laurie off for never having a date, and Laurie says, guys think I'm too smart. Which in the 70s, I guess, could be a <laughs> quote-unquote legitimate reason why she's not getting dates. Could be. Because it sounds like she does want to date, but maybe just doesn't have... Yeah, based on their conversations later, yeah. But maybe doesn't have the confidence to do it, or something like that, because we get the idea that she never, like, talked to her crush. Hmm. Because when Annie reveals that she did it for her and he's interested, then then things progress from there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Annie breaks off to head home and Laurie accidentally walks into Mr. Brackett, who I think is Annie's dad. Yes. And he's also the sheriff of the town, so I think I just end up calling him sheriff. They wish each other a good night and they part ways. Laurie hears a strange noise, but it's just kids trick-or-treating and she heads inside. In her room, the most, you know, uh, personality-less room I've ever seen in my life. It's so beige. I've never seen so a room. <laughs> it is. That's so beige. I've never seen a room that is that beige. <laughs> There's like one generic-ass picture hung up on the wall, and everything is either cream or brown. Yep. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, wow, Laurie, like, I don't know, put up a poster. <laughs> Give me something. You're a smart girl. You know, do the cliche thing of having like the, the, was it the elements table poster on your wall or something like that. Something that's yeah. got personality, please. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but she looks outside and Mize is standing by the washing line and then he vanishes in an instant. And this is where I want to talk about how fucking supernatural is Myers? Mm. Is he supernatural? Or is he just a psycho? I think he's just a psycho. I didn't get any... I, like, it's kind of... Like, yeah, he does some stuff which is, is verging on it, but I think it's almost... if Like, I think they're kind of just doing it on purpose to give him that kind of mystical vibe, but I don't mm. think he actually is. Um, I don't think it's meant to be explained, but I kind of yeah. want to, you know, have a talk about it because it yeah. does confuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the disappearing, reappearing thing is one thing, but then he does some, like, supernatural strength things later that we'll have to talk talk about as well. And, mm. you know, I think they might explain it in later Halloween movies. I don't know. I haven't really seen them. I watched the remake ones that they did because my partner wanted to. So we watched Halloween that came out a couple of years ago and then Kills, Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. We watched those. They were fine. Mm. But I don't know if they ever go into, like... He's possessed by a demon, or he is the spawn of Satan, or something like that. I mean, they could do, but yeah, I mean, I I never got the vibe of of supernatural, but I can see how they would have potentially be hinting at that to potentially grow upon the character in later films. Well, that. the surprising thing is this was meant to be a one-off. Really? Yes, 
Halloween as a franchise was meant to be like a yearly installment thing, and each year would be a completely different Halloween story. That would have been cool. So, like, Halloween 2 could have been, like, I don't know, The Mummy, or Halloween 3 would be, like, Witches, and Halloween 4 would be something else. But then, because this one succeeded so much, they were like, nah, nah, bring Myers back. <laughs> so, yeah, I love the idea of having a series of movies where every year you go and watch it, and it's a completely new concept. Yeah, it would have been cool. Um, so, yeah, they were never meant... Myers was never meant to return. So, looking at this movie from that... I think that, yeah, you're right, they were just trying to add this sort of mysticism to him. Yeah. To, like, leave the questions open for when the movie ends, so you can sit there and talk about it and discuss it, and it never needed to be explained. Yeah. It's, it's, it is one of those things that, basically, you only ever explain to the audience as much as you need to. Yeah. Right? Yeah, for sure. And it's the same way when you're, like, writing books and stuff like that. You always, you have what you, you have what the audience knows, what the author knows, and then what is not known. Mm. But it still seems like it could be known. And it's such a fine line to walk as well. I know there's a lot of horror movies where, you know, it explains too much and it ruins it, or it doesn't explain enough. And I just think they're being, um, what's the word? You know, hoity-toity, you know, writing on their writing the line yeah yeah where they're just like oh look how clever i am i didn't explain anything and you're just like well i just don't get your story (laughs) instead of you know sitting there going "Ooh, i can theorize 10 different ways that this works out yeah it's something like that i think this movie does a decent job of it Mm. like it leaves it open to be one way or the other interpretation yeah and I think that's that's a good thing. I just wanted to know your thoughts on it in yeah. general. So you reckon he's just a psychopath? I think he's just a psychopath. Mm. Yeah. With that's a cool. very high pain threshold. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yes. The phone rings in Laurie's room, and on the other side, she could just hear disgusting slurping noises. She hangs up, and it rings again. She answers, and it's Annie. She was eating on the other side of the phone and wanted to finish her mouthful before she started talking. Was it was it slurping noises? I thought it was just there was no nobody on the line. No, there's slurping noises. Okay, I didn't hear them. Just a like, <laughs> and I was like, Ugh. <laughs> and I was like, that's not Myers. That's not heavy breathing. <laughs> um, she says she'll pick up Laurie at about six thirty. Cut to later as Laurie leaves the house carrying a fresh pumpkin and heads down the road. She sits and watches the trick or treaters before being picked up by Annie. This this also sat with me a little bit weird. I was like, you've been seeing somebody stalking you all the way home and somebody in your back garden in the clothesline and you just go sit out on the sidewalk. Yeah, you're just like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got a stalker. I'll take it as a compliment. God. <laughs> yeah, it's agreed. Um, and she doesn't look worried or anything like that. She yeah. looks kind of bored while she's waiting for Annie. <laughs> yeah. uh, they get in the car and they light up a doobie. They're going to smoke some pot as they drive. Meanwhile, Dr. Loomis heads to the graveyard to visit the grave of Michael's sister. The, the, what what are they called? Gravekeeper is just rattling on about some fucking nonsense. I don't know. Um, And they eventually, they they come to a site where one of the gravestones is missing. And he's like, oh, those damn kids. Damn damn kids (laughs) are nicking my gravestones. And I'm like, those things weigh like a ton. They're solid rock. It's not like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there, yeah uh he's like uh dr loomis is like wow well, which, which grave is this and the gravekeeper counts the plots and he's like ah it's for judith myers 
Dum dum dum. The one we were going to look at. The one we came to look at. <laughs> so Michael Myers nicked his sister's gravestone mm. and is carrying it around. <laughs> I, assume, <laughs> I assume it's back in the Myers house to start with, but then we see it later on. Yeah. Is it in his car? Maybe it's in his car. Could that would the, make more sense. Boot. But the, <laughs> just in the boot. <laughs> also, or the trunk. Also, well. there's no digging around where this gravestone was taken. He just right up plucked it out <laughs> like a daisy. He just popped that thing right out, <laughs> like that, that two ton slab of stone. He just yeeted it right out of there. <laughs> Doctor Loomis looks. Um, Looks into the distance and says, he came home. God. <laughs> I sh- this guy. <laughs> it's, it's very melodramatic, but I actually really liked it. It's very so. <laughs> feels like a character who knows he's in a movie. Laurie <laughs> yeah. and Annie smoke in the car. I love the fact that Don't Fear the Reaper's playing on the radio. Mm. Love it. Mainly because I fucking love that song. Blue Oyster Cult is great. And that is an amazing song. They don't notice Michael's car following them from behind. Yeah, th- this was also a little bit weird no, for me. No like, peripheral vision. Nothing. Like, <laughs> he literally follows them, like... Tailgating. Tailgating for a good... Like, by the time he, uh, Annie picks up... It's Laura, across the fucking town! He tailgates them across town! It's daytime when they pick when Annie picks up Laurie, and it's nighttime when they arrive at the babysitters. <laughs> yes. If you have the same, like, if I have the same car following me for more than two minutes, I start to worry. Yeah. <laughs> you, like, pull into another lane or something like that and see if they fo- keep following you. But yeah, um, no peripheral vision. Annie can see directly in front of her and not the mirrors. So <laughs> that's, that's what I'm going with. Because, yeah, he's fucking tailgating. He's on their ass. Like, um, Annie spots her dad and he's at, like, the local hardware store down the road. And they quickly throw the weed away or stub it out or whatever like that. And Laurie can't stop coughing. And the sheriff tells him that someone's broken into the hardware store. Probably kids. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, kids are always like, oh, damn, I wish I had more rope, a mask, and and a couple of knives. Because that's all he says was taken. Yeah. (laughs) If they'd, like, broken in and stolen candy or something, sure. But, like, they're like, oh, those damn kids. (laughs) And, yeah, he says that the only things that have gone missing are a couple of knives, a Halloween mask, and some rope. The girls drive off. Laurie worried that, you know, the sheriff knew that they were smoking dope. And yeah, probably because that's a very distinct smell. Yeah. Um, and Dr. Loomis meets with the sheriff. We can see Myers drive past in the background. <laughs> yep. Very, I, I like it, but it also makes me chuckle as well. Because by about, by about halfway through this movie, it feels like I'm playing Where's Wally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm smart. Every scene, I'm just like, where are you? Where? There he is. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not get that feeling? Uh, Were you doing the same thing? (laughs) Were you like, where is he? Where's Myers in this scene? (laughs) Uh, Laurie worries that the sheriff knew that they were smoking pot. Um, God, Laurie, don't be such a buzzkill. They talk about the dance tomorrow night. Mm. Annie's going with... Fuck, who's Annie dating? Paul. Paul, thank you. (laughs) Uh, Annie's going with Paul. I assume Linda's going with Bob. These are the most generic names as well. (laughs) You should need a Brad. (laughs) Sorry, any Brads out there. (laughs) We do have a Ben, though, so that's something. Laurie doesn't have a date because no one asked her, and she confides in her friend about her crush. Ben. 
Ben. I literally said it two seconds ago, and the name <laughs> just fell right out of my head again. Uh, yeah, confides in her that she has a crush on a guy named Ben, who we will never meet, but it does come up later. They continue to be tailed by Myers in the car, and somehow they don't notice. We cut to nighttime. Annie drops Laurie off uh, at her babysitting job, and heads inside to, and she heads inside to babysit Tommy before Annie pulls in the house opposite to do her babysitting job. Mm. Very convenient. Convenient. Yeah. I mean, sure. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Maya shuts off his engine and watches Annie as she heads inside to babysit. Seriously, no peripheral vision. <laughs> I'm going to keep bringing it up because there's so many times where I'm like, he's, he's right there. How do you not see him? <laughs> Dr. Loomis and the sheriff head to the old Maya's house to look for Michael. The glass to the front door is smashed. The sheriff spots something in the lounge. Some sort of mutilated animal. It's like a... Yeah. Because they, they say, oh, it's a dog. And then they get a bit closer and they're like, oh, maybe a skunk. No. I, from what I remember, he said it's a dog. And then, like, what could have done this? And I think the sheriff says it could have been a skunk. Or something. But, but at least <laughs> what feral ass skunks are, <laughs> are killing dogs? This is how I heard it. So I don't know if I was completely off or not, but I, I had the same thought in my head. I was like, are skunks really that rabid? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're just... Th- there's a reason they'd have the, the smelly spray. because the, the, they can't the fight. The only thing I know about skunks is what I've seen on cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> Pippi Le Pew. <laughs> <laughs> um, from what I understand, they, I think they were trying to identify the animal and they said, oh, it's a dog and then they got a bit closer and a, or maybe a skunk. How do you confuse a dog and a skunk? I don't know. <laughs> and then I think Dr. Loomis says he got hungry. And I was just like, are we talking about, did, did a dog kill a skunk? Or he's saying that Myers got hungry and killed an eight part of a dog and or skunk. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to dissect this one tiny thing. The fact that I've never thing. seen it either, it's just them looking at it. I'm like, did we run out of budget here? <laughs> <laughs> did, are we not allowed to show the gore because this is a straight-to-TV movie? Like, <laughs> like, what are we doing? They head upstairs. Yeah, the house is very decrepit. It's very creaky. Everything's dusty. The wallpaper's peeling, everything like that. The floorboards creak. They head to the room where Michael killed his sister. The house is seemingly empty until the window to the bedroom is suddenly smashed. Yes, thank you. What 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 happens here? I don't know. <laughs> what even smashed the window? It looks like some sort of like metal block or the, something the like that. The window smashes. They get a fright. And then they never mention it again. <gasps> It, like, the only... <laughs> I got so frustrated about this. <laughs> I love how much this has annoyed you. Like, I was sitting there and I was like, seriously, like, they, they have, like, a scared look on their face or, like, and then they just continue on their conversation. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> well, I think it's because, because we do get a very, very tiny shot of the thing and it's like some sort of metal thing and it's not gone through the window. So it's not like somebody's thrown something at the house. I think what's happened is like maybe a pit of a piece of the 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 drainage or something like that broke and swung down and smashed the window. That's the only thing in my head that makes any kind of sense. You're literally exploring a psychopath's old house where he murdered his sister. And they're like, oh my god, 
Anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm fully on board with this because then Loomis goes on a great big speech about how he met Michael Myers and how he knows him and everything like that. Twas 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah, he says, you know, he, he's knew, known Michael for 15 years. He was numb and empty. No concept of right and wrong, blank, pale, the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes, is something he says, I think. He spent seven years trying to connect with him and help him, and then eight years trying to keep him locked up. He is pure evil. The guy hasn't said a word, and he's just been in a wall for 15 years. <laughs> he even says, like, I, I actually really like the dialogue for this, because he says, like, you know, he, he spent that time staring at a wall, through the wall, looking to tonight, mm. to what he was going to do. And I was like, ooh! That's really nice. That yeah. that flows really well and like it's snappy and gives you a really good image in your head. I really like that. Mm. Um, yeah, Loomis thinks Myers will return to this house at some point and he asks the sheriff to get his men not to make a fuss, but to keep an eyes out for Myers. Yes. I don't know why not make a fuss. Is it because they don't want Myers to know that they're here, maybe? I would assume so, that they're trying to catch him and if he was caught on to the fact that the police were after him, he would try and escape. But it would also save people? Yeah. And we know that he's got some sort of fixation on this house because Loomis is like 100% sure that he's going to be here. Mm. So even if you put an APB out or something like that, I feel like Myers would still be around here because this is where his fixation is. Yeah. So I don't know. But you're right. It, it would have saved lives. <laughs> At least a couple. How yeah. many? How many do that? Three? Four? Three? Uh, one, two, three. Three, I think. Three. three. Not including the mechanic. Not including the mechanic. No, I think we get three. Yeah. So yeah, it could have saved three lives if you just put an APB out. Laurie reads to Tommy, but um, he, he doesn't want to read that book anymore. They were reading King Arthur or something like that because he's into sci-fi now. He's even dressed like a um, 1950s sci-fi astronaut kind of mm. get up he's got comics under the couch yes because his mum doesn't want him reading them i'm like yeah. why <laughs> why <laughs> starts going through all the different heroes of the- oh my god yeah tarantula <laughs> man <laughs> I was like, that's your budget spider-man you couldn't say it could yeah you? <laughs> that, that's the that's the spider-man we have at home <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, so and it's like atom man and things like that and i'm like why doesn't why are we are we still in the age where it's like oh that's science that's the devil's work are we still in that age but his mum let him dressed up like an astronaut so I don't know I don't know I think they were just maybe they're of, not age appropriate I think they were just, like honestly I, I think it was more to do with just like they couldn't say copyright things of like actual comic books and so they were just looking for the most generic, generic ass names <laughs> so funny <laughs> um Tommy asks about uh, asks what the boogeyman is because, you know, the bullies were telling him that the boogeyman's going to come and get him. Uh, the phone rings. Uh, Annie, not Annie, sorry. Laurie gives him some generic response like, oh, boogeyman's not real. Mm. Do you believe everything that this kid says? I think she says. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Um, the phone rings. It's Annie. She's making popcorn for Lindsay, the girl that she's babysitting because Lindsay is sat bug-eyed watching TV. The dog enters and starts barking out the window. And she thinks that the dog is barking at her. Cause she, doesn't she even say like this dog hates me? It was some very ferocious barking as well. Yeah, like, it, it was almost panic barking. Yeah, like danger. <laughs> <laughs> Mize is outside watching her, 
Annie says, yeah, the dog doesn't like her. And she reveals that she set Laurie up with her crush. Um, meanwhile, in, in Laurie's house, Tommy's looking outside and sees Myers staring into the house where Annie is. He tells Laurie that the boogeyman is outside, but when she checks, Myers is gone. Mm. This this disappearance at least has an explanation because he goes around the side of the house yeah. to the kitchen. But, Isn't this also where she spills butter on herself? Yes. Oh my god, we have to talk about that. That entire sequence where she locks herself in the laundry, we have to talk about that shit. Um, uh, yeah, he tells Laurie the boogeyman is outside and when she checks, Mize is gone. Back at the house, Mize is right at the kitchen door where where Annie's making popcorn. Of course, she can't see because he's in he's in her peripheral vision. And he spills butter, I guess? I didn't I, even know she was making popcorn. I thought she was just making dinner for the kid or something like that. And then she mentions that she spilled butter on herself. The only reason I'm, I'm correcting my notes here is because I know later she says she was making popcorn and spilled butter on herself. Ah, okay. So that's the only reason I know she's making popcorn. But you're right, there's... <laughs> Nothing popcorn-y there. <laughs> I assume she's melting butter and spills it on herself or something like that. And immediately strips down. Which would burn. I don't yeah. know if you, like... I... Hot butter? Fucking hurts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not that I've ever, like, buttered my own popcorn or anything. I'm not really a popcorn person. No, I, I, but... I've literally burnt my hand making caramel popcorn, where we poured the hot caramel. Or my wife was pouring the hot caramel <laughs> and poured it on my hand. <laughs> it hurt. Yeah, I can, I can imagine. Just throw your wife under the bus there. That's... <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I've burnt myself quite quite a few times um, on the stove and stuff like that. And yeah, hot butter will do it as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, she strips down basically naked, just down to her panties, I think. Why does she take her pants off? It was just a shirt, right? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she spilled it all the way down herself. That's a lot of butter. <laughs> <laughs> she likes really buttery popcorn. God, Ryan, don't be so judgmental. <laughs> Um, Myers knocks over a, 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 she like covers herself with like a button up shirt or something that she finds. Yeah. Just uh, one of the shirts from the owners of the house, I guess. Yeah. My God, the poor owners of this particular house. People take liberties with their house just constantly. Like, <laughs> yeah, any, any, I guess she's the babysitter. They wouldn't mind. She takes a clean shirt from a pile of laundry and puts that button up shirt on herself and yeah, strips down. Uh, to get the clothes clean, Myers knocks over a, a pot plant or something. One of those. It was, it was a hanging pot. Hanging pot. That's yeah. right. Which smashes, and then he just kind of shrugs it off. Yeah. Just oh, okay. Oh, okay. It's another window smash. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's fine. <laughs> Lester. So there's another there's another L name. Who's Lester? The dog. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> How many is that now? Like five or six? Five. Five people, five characters with the name beginning with L? Oh my god. Um, Yeah, the dog goes outside and starts barking at Myers. And we we hear like a a doggy squeal. And it stops suddenly. And and he's like, oh, thank god, the dog shut up. Mm. And we see Myers squeezing the dog and it goes limp. He strangles the poor pupper. Yeah. Hate that. Breaking the Hollywood rule, you never show the dog getting killed. Yeah, you just have, like, a whimper in the background, Mm. and then that's it. Although you don't... it's I I actually think the shot is very good. It is, yeah. It's like, um, we only see the bottom of Michael's, like, from knee down, and then, of course, the dog's legs dangling there, and then the dog's legs just stop. It's very good. It is. It's very creepy. 
Um, the thing is playing on TV. The thing. The thing <laughs> is playing on the movie. The thing. I'm yeah. not just saying like. <laughs> also a John Carpenter movie. Yes. So love that the the director putting in his own movie into it. And the thing is amazing. I've I, never actually seen it. So oh maybe for our next one then. Maybe because <laughs> the thing is fantastic. I love it. Laurie and Tommy are watching the movie. He keeps asking about the boogeyman. What if it comes for him? Um, and Laurie tells him that. The bullies made it all up, and she promises that if the boogeyman is is here, he's only here for Halloween, right? I've never heard that about the boogeyman. <laughs> I heard he lives under beds or in closets. I've never heard that the boogeyman only comes out at Halloween. Mm. But sure, she's trying to... As soon as it passes midnight, he's gone. <laughs> yeah, knife almost in your head and he just vanishes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but she, she's like, well, he's only here for Halloween, and I'm babysitting you tonight, and there's no way I'd let anything happen to you. Yeah. Very good. Very good babysitter. Very good babysitter. She's very good. And they, they leave to go carve the jack-o'-lantern. Annie goes to the laundry room to wash her clothes. The door closes behind her, um, and she opens it again, and we see Myers standing at the door... But he quickly disappears and she shuts the door again. She loads her clothes. The door slams shut, locking her in. Is this a thing just in America? Like, do you have laundry sheds away from the house? Because it's a detached building. It is, yeah. Like, she had to walk down, like, a stone path to get to the to get to this little shed thing. It's a common thing. I don't know. We, we, I don't feel we, like... We have I, a laundry room in our house. <laughs> I don't feel like it's it's uncommon. Hmm. I don't feel like it's it's... Like, extremely rare. I feel like I've seen this before. Mm. We have a separate laundry area. I've lived in a, I've lived in a place that had one, actually. We, we all had, like... Because it was, like, five different buildings. And we we were all renting it together. And we all lived in these different parts of it. And then there was a separate thing that had, like, the washing machine and the dryer in it. Okay. So... I've never lived in a house with a separate laundry shed. <laughs> what, what befuddles me is... Is this how doors work? <laughs> if a door closes and you're on the inside, I'm pretty sure it can't lock you in. There should always be a lock to allow you outside, but I assume you'd be able to lock it from outside like any, you know, if, especially if it's a detached one. You oh, you reckon it's a key lock? I would think so, yeah. And and Myers locked her in. Oh, that's what I assume, but there's still, there should be a at least some way you can unlock it from the inside. Yeah, there's, f- for fire reasons, like, <laughs> or I, I don't think it's possible to lock yourself inside a building like this. It's just not how doors work. Um, but anyway, it happened. Uh, Lindsay, the girl she's been babysitting, is watching the movie, ignoring Annie, calling for help, and the phone as it rings. And Annie's like, pick it up, it's Paul! <laughs> <laughs> Annie tries to climb out the laundry room window, getting her foot stuck in, like, the washing line thing that's hanging there. And, oh my God, I was like, we are one step away from this just being a porno. Where it's just like, oh, help step serial killer, I'm stuck. <laughs> like, it's just, oh, my God. Literally, when Lindsay, I think that is the kid's name, right? The, the little girl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She comes to help her get unstuck. 
I don't think she helps her at all. She just kind of lifts up her foot a bit, and I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, yes. Uh, so the yeah, the little girl Lindsay answers the phone, and it's and it's Paul. She goes out to tell Annie that it's Paul on the phone, and she finds her stuck in the window. <laughs> and yeah, my note here, here just says, "Help, step serial killer, I'm stuck." Lindsay helps unstick Annie just by slightly lifting one of her legs. I don't know how that works. <laughs> and they head back to the house. Annie talks with Paul on the phone and Myers watches her from the back door. Good. I really enjoyed this part because Annie's sort of pacing back and forth while she's talking with Paul. Mm. And like she paces and you see Myers standing there and she paces and the camera just pans far enough that the door's not in camera anymore. And as she walks back, Myers is gone. Mm. Really good. Very good. Very clever camera work and really well timed by, you know, the actor and everything like that. Mm. I really, really enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Annie convinces Lindsay to come with her as they head across the road to where Laurie is babysitting. Annie's basically going <laughs> to gonna hand off her babysitting job to Laurie <laughs> yeah. so she can go boink with Paul. Uh, Myers watches them from behind a car. There's a lot of watching. He's just... Yeah. It's all, he's, it's all he's been doing. <laughs> yeah, he's not actually really done... Oh, no, he did lock the laundry door or whatever like that. So he does... He killed the dog. He locked the laundry room, but... That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Annie and Laurie chat about Laurie's upcoming date, because Annie's just like, oh, yeah, I told Ben, ben. Sta- ben Stamer that you like him, and, you know, he's going to ask you out. And Laurie's like, oh, you didn't, bitch. <laughs> 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 she seems kind of annoyed. Do you reckon that... Um, she only said that she liked Ben to placate Annie? No, I... I or she actually does like I, him. I think she actually does like him. I got the vibe that she could, that she does like him, but she cannot fathom the idea of actually, like, asking someone out or going out with someone kind of thing. Right, like, she's just too nervous about yeah. it. Yeah. And so she begins having an internal freak out when she realizes that what Henny's done. Right, I like that. Yeah, that makes sense as well for, for her character as well. Yeah. Yeah, Annie is leaving Lindsay with Laurie while she goes to pick up Paul. She'll be back to pick her up in about an hour, she says. Mm. Um, Better than the guy in the first scene. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. <laughs> Go Paul? <laughs> I was about to say Bob, and then I was like, no, that one's not right. Uh, Annie heads back to the other house, the one across the road. I just put, there's a lot of redundant shots, shots that go on for too long and stuff like that. There's just a lot of, it seems like it's taking a long time to do stuff. Hmm. Did you, did, were you feeling this as well, or was it just um, just me? A little bit, yeah. Like I know, I get trying to build suspense and stuff like that. I think the suspense had already been built, though. Yeah. That's, I think that's it, because we were already had, we're ready for the, like, climax now. Like, it's already been built, now yeah. give us the payoff. Yeah. Yeah, she goes inside, she grabs the keys from the house, she brushes her hair before getting into the car. Um, she does take a small trip to the car before she realizes she doesn't have the keys. Yes. So she, she goes to the car, realizes she doesn't have the keys, and then when she gets back to the car, all the windows are fogged up. And the door is unlocked, and she doesn't use the keys to unlock. 
How did Myers open the car then? Exactly. But this, oh. this, this is the thing. Like, she she goes and she tries the car door and it's locked. And she's like, oh, keys, right? Yeah. Goes back inside the house, comes back out, never puts the keys in the car. Just, <laughs> just opens it. I didn't... I, I, had, not, I, didn't, I had not noticed that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure in the 70s we didn't have, you know, like, the keys that when you're close to your car, it automatically unlocks. No, I'm pretty sure they're, they're fairly new. <laughs> <laughs> Um, she realizes the windows are fogged up. She kind of like wipes a hand across it and then she's grabbed from behind and strangled. Um, she's strangled by Myers and I think eventually gets her throat slit. I, I think. I, I'm not 100% sure. She, yeah, it's a bit hard to see from the shot. I thought he just strangled There's a, her, but. The only reason I say that is because there is a musical sting, like beep. Ah, okay. And I think it's her getting her throat slit. Hmm. And then I think when we see the body later, it might have blood across the necks. Then that's the... I think she gets her throat slit. But, um, oh my god, this girl's dead face is... It, I could... I laughed so hard. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know you're trying. But, like, the, when she's actually getting strangled, it's, it's scarily realistic. Hmm. Like, she... It doesn't feel like a movie strangle. It feels like she's getting strangled yeah like the noises she's making and the kicking and everything like that and then when she dies and she sort of rolls her eyes back and then goes cross-eyed and then slowly (laughs) droops down the window i was like okay yeah no lost all points again sorry (laughs) the fact that she died cross-eyed just i i i laughed i laughed so much uh her body flops onto the horn of the car as well Yes. Which gives us a lovely transition between this um, this camera shot and the next one, because you get the horn throughout both of them. Mm. And then the horn stops. Lindsay and Tommy are watching the sci-fi channel. Tommy slyly hides himself and tries to scare her. I mean, he's like calling out her name and shit like that. But as he looks out the window behind him, he sees Myers carrying Annie's body inside the house. Yes. He calls out to Laurie, but she again does not see him in time. Uh, Tommy is annoyed that nobody believes him about the boogeyman, but just sits down and watches his TV anyway. Yep. I, th- I think Lindsay says she believes him. Oh, yeah, she does, doesn't she? Yeah. She's like, I believe you, but I think it's because she has a crush on him. Mm. Very cute. Dr. Loomis waits outside the old Myers house. This is where he is for 90% of the movie now. <laughs> it's just standing creepily standing outside the haunted house. My edge. <laughs> my edge. <laughs> and, like, it just... <laughs> It's, it's not even like he's know. not even hiding because <laughs> if Myers walks from that direction he's just going oh it's my doctor <laughs> oh, I think I'll go the other way <laughs> like he's yeah hmm, hmm. Uh, we see a couple of kids daring daring each other to go up to the house I think it's the bullies from the first is the it? school scene I think so yeah oh that would be nice nice roundabout way of dealing with the bullies then Loomis scares them away by, like, calling out their name or something like that? Yeah, because they're, they're telling one of the boys... He's like, oh, Billy, go up to the door or something yeah, like that. I can't that. remember the name of like, it. No. Probably started with L. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Lenny. Let's go Lenny. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he, he goes up and then Loomis also calls out the person's name. Yeah, and he's like... Defense and causes them all to run off. And, yeah, he tells them to, like, run or something like that or something, yeah. something like that. He looks... He looks very pleased with himself. I was going to say, he's very <laughs> proud of what he just did. Yeah. He's just scared. I guess it's because he doesn't want the kids to go in there in case Myers is in there and they get killed or whatever like that, I he guess. Knows, he knows Myers is not in there. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess. <laughs> but, but yeah, like trying to get them away from the property, I can understand that. Yeah, but he, he does have like a smirk on his face and he's like, <laughs> 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 stupid kids. <laughs> 
Loomis is immediately jump scared by the sheriff, who arrives to tell him that there's no sign of Michael Myers anywhere. And But Loomis is convinced that he is in this town. I watched him for 15 years, staring at a wall, past the wall, to this, to tonight. That's where we get that great line. I really like that line. I think it's very, very good. The sheriff agrees to help him tonight on the off chance that he's right. But if he is, then damn him for letting Myers go, is what the sheriff says. I'm like, he didn't let him go. Yeah. (laughs) He broke out, stole a car, and has been on the run. Like, okay. Linda and her and Bob arrive at the house where Annie is babysitting, or was babysitting, sorry. They've been drinking. Drinking and driving. Drinking and driving. Don't do it. Just like the cool kids do. (laughs) (laughs) It's basically how it's played off. Mm. Um, Yeah, they're they're drinking and they want to get frisky with each other. They even said like, oh, so here's the plan. You rip off my clothes and then I rip off your clothes and then we both rip off Annie's clothes or something like that. And I was just like, what? Yeah. I was like, this is weird. You guys are weird. (laughs) Um, Yeah, they have a plan to basically distract Annie and then grab a bedroom and get busy. I don't know if you noticed this as well. Like when he when they get out of the car, so Bob gets out. He runs around to the other side kind of thing and he opens the door to Mm -hmm. uh, to Linda. Linda. <laughs> With a Y, I think. Yes. Out, out of the car. And then he carries her, you know, like, um, over the threshold kind of thing of the house. Yes. He never shuts the car door. <laughs> I did not notice that. I did notice the sound of cans clinging to the floor as he opened her door. <laughs> Which made me laugh. He opens the door and he's just like, ding, 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 ding. And then he picks up Linda and runs inside. No, I did not notice that. They, they, they never shut the car door. <laughs> I hope he at least took the keys with him. Like, <laughs> to get back from doing it and the van's just gone. Um, no, I had not noticed that. Very interesting. <laughs> just, just, just fun little tidbit. <laughs> yeah. They head inside and realize it's empty. They call out to Annie, but there's no reply. Um, so, yeah, they're just going to have sex in a random person's house then. Yeah. Yeah. That's about right. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I mean by taking liberties in, in this poor couple's house. Whoever lives in this house. Yeah. Uh, they start making out on the sofa and we get Michael's theme starts playing. And as we zoom out, we see Myers watching them from the other room. Very cool. Mm. Very, very cool use of a zoom for this. Um, yeah, I really like the fact that he's just, you get the music sting, so you're like, oh, Myers is here somewhere, and you're, like, looking around for him, and then the the camera zooms out, you're like, oh, he's already there. Yeah. I really liked it. That was very cool. Uh, Laura, Lindsay, and Tommy (laughs) place the newly carved jack-o'-lantern on the dining room table. Laurie checks on the other house and sees the van, and she's like, oh, everyone's having a good night. Mm. And she means everyone's having sex but her. Basically. Yeah. And she's somewhat disappointed in this, apparently. They sit down to watch the movie when the phone rings. It's Linda. They assume that Annie is busy with Paul somewhere. They're like, oh, they've probably just pulled over somewhere to to go at it. Yeah, because they ask where Annie is, and she mentions that she'd gone to collect Paul, but they hadn't gone back yet. Yes. And that... I, I guess that the uh, Laurie must tell them that she's got Lindsay, then. That Laurie has Lindsay. Yeah. Which is why Linda and Paul are free to just go up to the bedroom to a random stranger's master bedroom and have sex on their bed while yeah, they're away. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it just it freaks me out. The fact that they just walk into this random stranger's house and like, that room, we're going to have sex in that room on their bed. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what is wrong with you people? Do what, do what you think Annie's doing. Get in your van, 
find a quiet spot and just do it in the van. Like, <laughs> also brings up another question. Annie never locked the house. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> You're right. Nobody in this movie locks or closes anything. <laughs> Maybe it is a '70s thing that just Maybe. people just didn't. It was unusual to lock something because mm. none of them seem surprised that anything's unlocked. And you even said like Annie when she went to the car again and the door was unlocked. I didn't even notice that, yeah. but she's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, Laurie and Bob are excited to have the house to themselves, and they head upstairs. Uh, Laurie checks on the house from where she is and we cut to Linda and Bob having sex as the phone rings. They can't answer it because they're not supposed to be there. Good thinking. (laughs) Yes, but it also brings up the question that they know that the fact that they're having sex in some random stranger's bed is wrong because they're not even meant to be here. Yeah. But they do it. Just (laughs) mind blown, Ryan. I just, I can't. (laughs) I just... Can you imagine if you got home and you're just like, who the fuck are you? Did you? In my bed. <laughs> uh, but yes, it's very clever that they didn't pick it up. They wait for it to stop ringing and then they take the phone off the hook because it was distracting Bob and he couldn't finish. <laughs> it's literally what they say. Because Linda's like, what, can I keep you entertained or something like that? And he's like, no, it's the phone. I can't do it when the phone's ringing. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, we have way too much insight into your sexual relationship. I do not need this information. Uh, um, so they take the phone off the hook and he immediately hops back on to, to finish up. We see... I'm sorry. Sorry to describe it like this. I apologize, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how straight sex works. That's just what I'm going with. While, while they're going Honestly, at it... Honestly, it looked a little bit weird. It, yeah, it really does. Sex in movies always looks kind of weird. Uh, we see Maya's shadow move across the room. Again, great use of lighting. Mm. We've got them... <laughs> just... Yes. I, I know this is an audio thing, not a visual thing. I was just moving my hand back and forth trying to find the word for going at it, I guess. <laughs> and we see Miser's shadow move across the room. Great use of lighting. Brilliant. Love it. Um, they finish and light cigarettes. Smoking in a stranger's house in their bedroom after you just it's violated. <laughs> I'm into everyone in the 70s smoked, didn't they? So all the houses probably reek of cigarette smoke. Mm. He heads downstairs to get them both a beer. Sex, smoking, and stealing beer from someone else's house. Jesus Christ, fuck you guys. <laughs> I was so mad. These are my least favorite characters, Ryan. <laughs> they just have no, like, I just, I, <laughs> I'm having a breakdown at the pure level I of. You, I think you might have a phobia of people coming into your house and staying without your notice. <laughs> It's frustration, though. It's not fear. I'm just so frustrated that they don't understand how disrespectful this is. (laughs) Downstairs, he grabs a couple of beers. The door creaks slowly behind him. Sorry, slowly creaks open. He goes to check on it, and there's no one there. He checks the closet next to the door. There's no one there. He goes to open the last door, and Myers pops out. Um, I just had to make a little note on the audio here because it's so good the closer he gets to that door the louder you can hear Mize's breathing oh really yeah um it's very cool because he goes he goes to the first back door and you can just sort of hear a very light 
Mm. And he goes to the closet and it gets a bit quieter. And then he goes to that last room and it's very loud as Myers pops out. Very cool. Very, very cool. Um, He pins him against the wall and uses the kitchen knife to... He lifts him fully off the ground as well. Mm. um, And then uses the kitchen knife and just stabs him to the wall. Literally pins him against the wall. Yeah. And Bob dies immediately. Uh, wow. Very cool. I really liked it as a, as a death in this movie. It yeah. was very cool. It was very cool. Yeah. And especially, I love the little moment that Myers takes to like, it's like, you know, when you say, to, you say a word to your dog that they don't know and they do that little head tilt thing, like they're trying to understand. Hmm. Myers does that while he's looking at Bob's body pinned against the wall. He takes a second, looks at the body, and his head just tilts slightly. And I was like, oh, it's like he doesn't quite understand. It's really, really interesting. Uh, in the bedroom, Linda watches as a ghost wearing Bob's glasses stands at the door. Yes. It's, it's a sheet. <laughs> Myers has put on a bed sheet with it. He's cut holes in this poor family's bed sheet. <laughs> Honestly. His his vision at this moment must have been so poor. Oh my god! He's looking through a mask, through a (laughs) holes in a sheet, through glasses which aren't designed for it. Yes, he's looking through through a Shatner mask, through bed sheets, through non not his prescription glasses. He can't see shit, (laughs) which is exactly why he has no reaction when she gets undressed in front of him. Yeah, well, not even undressed. Doesn't she just pull the covers down? Yeah. Yeah, and we see boobies again. Yeah, and she's Yay. like, don't you like what you see? And he's like, I can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Oh, those are some very, very nice blurry boobs. Yeah. Um... <laughs> yeah, she pulls the cover down. She's flirting with him because obviously she thinks it's Bob. Mm. Because Myers put on Bob's glasses on the top of his mask and the, and the bed sheets. Yeah. Cool. When uh, when the figure doesn't answer her at all, she starts to get worried and annoyed. She picks up the phone to call Laurie. To find out when Annie's getting back or something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Or to basically, she's done, essentially. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) No love in this relationship. I'm I'm just done, okay? I'm done. I've had my fun. Um, And as as she picks up the phone, the figure starts to move closer. Uh, Laurie picks up the phone and Maya strangles Linda with the phone cord. Laurie thinks it's Annie again making strange noises down the phone. I do like that that was set up earlier, and now it's yeah. back again. That's good script writing. Uh, Myers picks up the phone after having strangled Linda. Linda's dead now. Uh, Laurie hangs up the phone because there's just heavy breathing. Yes. And she looks out the window and sees the light on at the other house. She calls, she calls back, and the lights turn off. She heads upstairs to check on the kids who are now sleeping. Yes. Because I think she's come up, she's decided that she's going to go across the road and check on, check on Annie and stuff. Bad babysitter. (laughs) Bad babysitter. Look after the children. The others are adults. Uh, Loomis continues to stand at the Myers old house. (laughs) He spots a suspicious car down the road and goes to check on it. He's like, hang on. That's my car. I'm like, <laughs> and I was like, how long have you been stand? How, how many hours have you been standing there waiting for Myers? And you've only now just realized that that's the car from the hospital. Yeah. Uh, yes, he goes to check on her. And yes, it's the nurse's car from the hospital from the beginning of the movie. 
We cut back to Laurie, who goes downstairs, takes the house keys and heads across the road to check on the other house. The only light at the house is from a lit jack-o'-lantern on the porch. Mm. Good atmosphere. Yeah. It makes it look very foreboding, this house. And she rings the doorbell, knocks on the door, calls out. She's calling out to Bob and Linda, who she knows were the last people to be in the house. She gets no reply. She starts walking around the side of the house. She calls out for Annie. Still no reply. Laurie walks to the back of the house and the back door is open. Bob's body is not is not there pinned against the wall anymore. It's missing. Mm. Um, she heads inside. Laurie checks the house. She hears a door open upstairs. She calls out to her friends to, you know, stop playing this stupid joke. It's not funny anymore. Just come on out. She walks slowly up the stairs. The light is on in the bedroom. Inside, she finds Annie's corpse. Throat slit, splayed out on the bed, with Judith's gravestone at the at the, the head, of, head the of the bed. Awesome. Awesome, yes. Cool moment. Cool moment. But why? Yes. That is also my question. As a visual, as she walks in there, with the light and the tombstone and the way that Annie's body's been positioned, it's such a, like, that's like a horror movie wallpaper that you could have up. It's yeah. beautiful. But Why? Just, just, just why? It's, it's, it's never explained. Is it because she got her tits out? Because it's, it, that's kind of, you, you know, is, is Myers one of those like sexually repressed serial killers? You know, who think that, you know, women fall into two categories. They're either virginous or they're, um, or they're sluts for lack of a better word. Um, I've watched a lot of crime documentaries recently, Ryan, bear with me. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, you're, so, you're losing me a little bit, but <laughs> you're like I'm confused. Serial killers, when uh, especially when they they speci- specialize, God, um, you know, I went to university. I specialize in serial killing. When they specialize in like um, killing women, it's usually they usually either take virginous women and make them non-virginous in their minds, or they specifically target non-virginous women. And I was wondering if that's where Myers is coming from. Because his first kill was his sister. And the first thing we see in the movie is her making out with and then having a five second sexy time with her boyfriend. But he was, what, nine years old at this point? Yes. I don't think he would have been able to comprehend that at that point in time. The only thing that I can think of is there is a connection of when he killed his sister, Mm. she was naked. Yes. When he killed Lindsay, she was naked. Maybe there's a connection there that he sees Lindsay as Judith, potentially. But then he's but he doesn't position Lindsay with his sister's gravestone. He positions Annie. Oh, Annie, sorry. Right. Annie was almost naked, yes. but not naked naked. But the thing is, like, Lindsay fully got her tits out just like her sister had her boobs out when he killed her. So it would make more sense to position Lindsay yeah, it would. there. I don't I don't think that he has any kind of motive towards sexual preference or, or you, you don't think it's a, a sexually I motivated thing. I don't think there's on. any sexual motivation there at all. Oh, okay. Um but it it's it's a hard one. I, I don't understand why what the, what the killer's motivation at all is and why he why he connects his sister to Annie yeah he 
he killed his sister. Does he feel regret for doing that? But then why is he killing them more? Kind of like- Yeah, if anything, Annie's the least likely to be connected to his sister. He could see Laurie as... He could have that connection with Laurie because she turned up at his house. Or he could have that connection with... Um, oh my god, Linda. Because of the sexualization both yeah. times before the killing. And then if, if he was focused on sexualization, why then kill go after Laurie? That hyperfixation on his house, maybe. Yeah, but uh, but at but the she, same time, she has no sexualization whatsoever. So why would he want to? Why would he try and kill her if that was the whole going after you know people who were sexually, uh, uh, you know, the whore as yeah. as as crime documentaries will put it. That's how serial killers see see women. They're either the virgin or the whore. Uh, apologies for the language, but you know, I I completely get what you mean. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it isn't sexualized then. It's just uh, because of how much sex there is or sexualization with the other characters before they get murdered and stuff like that. That's just how my brain connected it. But you're right. Then why would he try and kill Laurie? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. I think, honestly, I'm, I'm beginning to wonder if it's like the whole idea is he actually has no motive. He is just going along that sense of what Loomis was saying, that he is just... Just pure, pure evil. evil. And he's just taken these three people as his target because they interacted with him. Possibly, but then you'd think... The, the kid who ran into him at the school, he directly grabbed hold of that kid and then let him go. But that was an accident. The kid running into him didn't mean anything. And he never, he never goes. But after, the other character never goes after the kids either. Exactly. But why not? If it's about interacting with the killer, because they had no, the the girls had an aggressive interaction with him. Tommy didn't. True, and he was stalking Tommy, and neither did Laurie. Not an aggressive. Oh, I guess Laurie was there when yeah. Annie yelled at him. So I guess you could come. But Tommy didn't. His only interaction was being at the house when Laurie dropped off the key. Yes, and those same kids. Or at least one of those kids actively bumped into mm. Myers. I think I don't. I just don't think we can. No, I, I, I figure I out the logic of why. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this is all part of their master plan. Maybe they're like, if we don't like, if we, Ex- if we don't explain it, they'll figure it out for themselves, and then it will be a topic for conversation, and it will become a cult classic, and everyone will constantly talk about it because they're just trying to figure out what the hell is going on. <laughs> well, it worked. <laughs> Here we are. But also, Michael Myers is a fucking beast. Yeah. <laughs> because in the maybe three minutes since he strangled Linda, he hauled a two-ton gravestone up the stairs and positioned everyone's bodies. Mm-hmm. He's a fucking beast. <laughs> Hung Ben? Ben. No. no, not Ben. Bob. Bob. <laughs> As in, yeah, Ben is Laurie's crush. Yes. yes. You never meet Ben. No, when, Bob. Yes. Ben is no longer important. Bob I don't think he comes up again. upside down in the closet. Yes. She finds Annie's corpse with throat slit, spade on the bed with Judas Gravestone. She backs into the wardrobe where Bob's body falls out. So yeah. you're right. Like he, hung he upside swings. down? Yeah, he yeah. swings, right? Yeah. yeah. So he must have been like tucked up in like, you know, in wardrobes, you've usually got a shelf up top. Yeah, something like that. Where you put, like, blankets and shit. He probably was probably stuffed in there, and when she knocked the wardrobe, it probably loosened him and he swung down. Probably something like that. Something like that. But it's it's a weird swinging action. It's like he's tied up. It is, yeah. His feet. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Linda's corpse is in a cupboard. Yeah. And yeah. we just see her, her 
head and shoulders, I think. Yeah, eyes open still. Yeah. Um, and Laurie escapes crying to the other room. She, I love this shot. This is such a good shot. She's in the room crying. She's trying to like, I don't know, gather herself or whatever like that. And the, there's a doorway next to her, but she's sort of, she's leaning against the door frame. Yeah. And you just see Mize's face come into the light slightly. Gorgeous cinematography. Mm. Absolutely beautiful. Um, highly predictable. But yes, it's the fact that she was standing there and then you just see this white face slowly come out of the darkness. Yeah. Very cool. He stabs at her. Laurie falls over the banister and down the stairs. So now she's got an injured leg as well. Yes. She... He tried to stab her and got the arm. Yes, he's like cut part of her shirt and she's got a slight scratch down her arm. Myers chases after her. Laurie runs um, to the to the front door and it's locked. So limping, she heads to the back door, but it's been barred with a rake from the outside. Yeah. Don't know how this is. So I'm trying to figure out the logic of this. So Myers must have, after Laurie headed upstairs, he must have barred the door climbed back in through a window or through the front door or something like that and then headed upstairs. Something like that. Something like that, yeah. Don't think about it too much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure out everyone's roots. Uh, Myers starts breaking the kitchen door down and Laurie in desperation smashes the, the glass of the, of the kitchen door, moves the rake, runs outside screaming for help and good screams. Mm, very good screams. Jamie Lee Curtis, gorgeous horror screams mm. they're gr- they're like panicked and gravelly she's got a very good graveled scream and it makes it feel very genuine as opposed to the, like ah yeah. <laughs> she's just like ah <laughs> where it feels more genuine more real yeah she bangs on the neighbor's doors they flick on the light open the blinds to have a look at her and she's like for the love of god help me someone's trying to murder me and stuff like that and they just they're just um, like, turn the lights back sorry, on. Sorry, not at home. Yeah. Oh, fucking trick-or-treaters. <laughs> She's like, I'm being murdered! And I was like, yeah, fuck you, fuck you, buddy. Random, random neighbor. Laurie makes it back to the house where she's babysitting and fumbles the keys as she tries, as Myers slowly makes his way across the road. She screams for Tommy to please come and open the door. She ends up, like, throwing, throwing a vase or something at the, at the window to wake him up. Oh, yes, yeah. It might be a plant pot. It's probably a plant pot. Yeah. Um, if Myers walked any faster than a slow saunter, he'd have caught her and killed her by now. But that's not him. That's not him. He's Well, he certainly makes himself disappear quick, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> maybe he likes the chase. Yeah. He might, maybe this is thrilling for him. The only time he feels any kind of emotion. <laughs> Laurie gets inside. She tries to make a phone call, but the phone lines have been cut, I think. Yes. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, she picks up the phone and the phone's not working. And so the phone's not assume, working. Yeah. I'd assume uh, Mize has cut it or something like that. He's uh, all over the place. I know, right? He's, this is why I'm like, he's a te- he's teleports, man. He just fucking teleports. <laughs> she tells the kids to go and hide. Um, as she notices in the lounge, one of the windows is broken. Mm. She crouches down at the couch, obviously panicked. She's crying at this point, but... I love her because she's active. <laughs> she picks up a fucking knitting needle and she's like, if I'm going down, I'm stabbing a bitch first. <laughs> Myers swings at her from behind the couch. I don't know how he got behind the couch from when Laurie walked into the room. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that. Because we're looking just there, isn't it? Because the couch is like, um, like, like as you walk into the lounge, you're seeing you're you're looking at the side of the couch, so you can see the front and the back of it, and that's when she notices that the window's smashed. 
And then she she leans down at the front of the couch to grab the knitting needle, and suddenly the kitchen knife comes from behind the couch. So did he climb in through the window while she was kneeling there, maybe, picking up the knitting needle? How how big was the smash in the window? I don't know. Or you only see some glass on the floor, don't you? Hmm. Is it like the full window? I don't know. I didn't catch it. You expect to like hear glass? Um, if you, yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's not quiet to crawl through, climb through a broken window. <laughs> no, it's not generally quiet. But Michael Myers is just, you know, maybe he is supernatural. Maybe we'll maybe he teleports. I'm yeah. I'm convinced <laughs> he just teleports. <laughs> Maya swings at her from behind the couch, and she just. <laughs> she just stabs him through the neck with a knitting yeah, needle. He didn't have very good aim on that one. <laughs> no. It's hard with the mask, you yeah. know. Not big eye holes, so it's it's hard to get good shot. It's yeah. hard to get a good yeah, shot. He, he gets the couch. <laughs> His eyes are still recovering from wearing Bob's glasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, he gets the couch and she full on stabs him in the neck with a knitting needle. Mm. Great. I really, really love it. And she immediately picks up his kitchen knife. Yes. I wasn't convinced by his reaction to the knitting needle, though. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, personally, like, I it just didn't... <sighs> well, he doesn't have any reaction to any injuries he I, I know. I, yeah, I get that. But I just feel like it would. there was more... I don't know. I feel like something was missing. It was just kind of sudden. Mm. He needed, like, a little blood splat or something like that, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Because he just, he, he unplugs it and then falls over, supposedly dead. She takes a moment to catch her breath before dropping the knife. Mm. Uh, bitch, keep that thing with you. And double tap. <laughs> Killer goes down, one more in the head to make sure. Um, Dr. Loomis walks the streets, uh, looking for suspicious activity. The sheriff pulls up. Loomis tells him he found the the car from the clinic and that Myers is here somewhere in the vicinity, somewhere in the last couple of blocks, probably. And together they 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 separate to search the area. And that's the last time we see the sheriff. Yep. Not because he dies, he just doesn't reappear. Laurie limps upstairs and meets back up with the kids. They go, she tells them that, you know, we're going to head out, we're going to go get some help. And as she's talking to them, we see Mize's shadow looming up the stairs. Mm. Very, very cool. As they say this, Mize appears in the hall behind them. Kids lock themselves in the room while Laurie distracts Myers. She quickly runs to the bedroom. She opens the door to the mezzanine before locking herself inside the closet and tying the door shut. Yes. Clever. Yeah, so she was opening, what, the the door to the balcony, right? Yeah, to make it look like she ran out. Yeah. But actually she locks herself in the closet. Yeah. Clever. Mm. I like Laurie as a a final girl. She's, like, active. She's clever. Yeah. I really like it. She's not doing the, ah, somebody help me. She's like, nah, fuck, I'll stab you with a knitting needle and then lock myself in a closet. Like, Mm. Myers ain't no fool, though, and starts immediately breaking down the closet door. Laurie, uh, this scene goes on for quite a bit, but it works really well. Mm. Um, the, the Myers punching through the wood of the closet is very terrifying. But as he's doing this, he's kind of rattling all the clothes hangers and everything like that. And Laurie grabs one of them, unwinds it, and uses it as a motherfucking shiv. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> She's, yeah. Awesome. I really like that. I really, really like that. Especially using something as simple as like a clothes hanger Mm. and just unwinding the top of it. So she's literally got a shiv. Uh, She stabs him in the eye. It looks like in the eye. I didn't catch where she stabbed him. Because Maya's, it like leans his head in and she just goes, (laughs) 
<laughs> right in at least the face i'm pretty sure it's the face before stabbing him with his own kitchen knife as well mm. good she did a double tap she just you know in the head in the <laughs> okay um i do like that Myers makes no noise when he gets stabbed as well yeah it's it gives him again that sort of inhuman quality that sort of oh he's just a force mm. it's this thing coming for you Myers collapses again laurie exits the closet um, yeah, okay, Laurie, double tap my dude. Just <laughs> <laughs> stamp on his head, crack his neck, give him another stab with the kitchen knife, something. Mm. Instead, she drops the knife in front of Myers as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just leave this here in case you wake up and want it. <laughs> uh, and heads back to the kids. She instructs, them st- she instructs them to head down the street and call the cops. As Laurie sits to catch her breath, Myers sits up. Outside, the kids scream for help, which alerts Dr. Loomis, who sees this, and heads into the house. I love these kids as well. They're just like, oh my fucking god! Because <laughs> they're so calm during the actual attack. And then they're told to run outside and call the cops. And we just get the shot of these two kids running outside, and they're just like, <laughs> I really liked it. It, just made, it made me chuckle. It made me chuckle. Yeah. Myers approaches Laurie as she starts to make her way down the hallway. He strangles her and Loomis appears at the top of the stairs. Laurie removes Myers' mask, which seems to stun him or something like that. Because he let... Yeah. She takes off his mask and he lets go of her and has to like put his mask back on. Mm. And I wonder if it's this sort of identity thing. Where, like, not that, like, you don't want to be, you you don't want people to know your identity, but rather your identity is in the mask. Do do you see, do you see kind of what I mean? It could be that, or maybe, maybe throughout the years that he's been in, like, psychiatric care, he's basically convinced himself that it's not him that's causing the murders, it's... This dark half or whatever like that. Yeah, that is bound to the mask or something like that. Mm. Like, he's trying to change his identity by putting on the mask to make it acceptable to kill people. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. And we see that when he's a kid as well, because he puts on that clown mask before he kills his sister. It's like, you know, not taking responsibility for it. Yeah. It's not me. It's a, it's a mask. Yeah. Um, I, th- I, d- I don't think it, it's this mask in particular. It's just that he has to have something covering his face. Yeah. It may become this mask in later sequels, but I don't know. And you haven't seen the sequels, I assume. So no, fuck knows. Laurie Mur- yeah, he removes the mask, which stuns him. Loomis shoots Myers into the bedroom before shooting him several more times off the mezzanine and dead into the garden. Laurie, completely panicked and terrified and everything like that, looks up at Loomis and says, it, w- it was the boogeyman. And Loomis turns to her and says, in fact, it was. I actually really liked it. I really liked this. Laurie's sort of, you know, scared ramblings make yeah. sense. And then Loomis being the dramatic bitch that he is. <laughs> 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 Playing into it completely makes sense. Yeah, I know. Uh, like, personally for me, like, wrong time, wrong moment. Oh, yeah. Thing. Like, you've got a girl there who's just been attacked and almost murdered and she's, you know, freaking out kind of thing and you're just going to be the dramatic stare off into the distance. Yes. It was. It was. <laughs> Instead of being like, oh my god, are you okay? Do you need an ambulance? Or like, don't worry, it's over now. You're safe. It's just like, yes, it was pure evil that you faced. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe slyly he slips his card and is just like, by the way, I'm a professional therapist. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's all it's all a ploy to get new patients where he's just like oh i need that money man <laughs> um dr loomis checks over the mezzanine and Myers has disappeared he looks stern laurie sits in the hallway crying we see several shots of the house as the sound of Myers Myers's breathing increases i think we get shots of both houses don't we I'm not so sure. Shots. Uh, I know we definitely get shots of the other house where the other people were killed. Mm. Just general shots of it as the the level of Michael Myers' breathing increases, um, getting more and more intense until we get the final shot of the old Myers' house as the breathing reaches its peak and we cut to credits. Mm. And that's the end of our movie. That's the end of Halloween 1978. Just a quick note on the credits. Um, Michael Myers is listed as The Shape. The shape. The shape, which I thought was very cool. Again, it gives him that inhuman feeling, and it's also what he's called in Dead by Daylight. Do you know Dead by Daylight? Yes, I do. Yeah. All the characters in there never have their names. Like, Freddy Krueger's called The Nightmare and things Ah, like that, instead of having their actual names. And I always thought The Shape was just something they made up for Dead by Daylight, instead of calling him Myers, because they can't use the actual names. Yeah. But no, they call him The Shape, and that's how he's listed in the credits. That's very cool. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. And yeah, again, gives him that inhuman feeling, mm. which is very much the character. So, give me a rundown for this movie, Ryan. What did you think as far as the script, the dialogue, the the camera work, etc.? Give me a rundown for this. <laughs> oh, God. Um, uh- <laughs> <laughs> it's not my favourite film. I'll say that first off. Yes. Um, like, it's... It's, as I said in, at the beginning, you know, it kept my interest, kind of thing, um, but it's not something that I would consider, like, oh, you know, I need to go watch that again, or that was a really good yeah, it, Halloween film or horror film. Yeah. It, it just, there was too much of it that I, that took me out of the film and made me question what was going on and that I didn't fully understand. Yeah. Um, maybe that's that's the point of it. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like... I can understand why people think this is like like why people uh, this is a cult classic for them. Mm. It's just not for me. I a hundred percent agree. Maybe we're just not. I, I say we're not slasher people, but there are slasher movies I really really love. Mm. This movie, yeah, I just got brought about, brought out of it too many times that I just and it felt more like uh, it's hard to because it is a story, but it felt more like a story than like watching a a film yeah like it felt more like oh that's a loud motorbike it felt more like someone telling me an urban legend as opposed to someone showing me a story through film it was i thought it was very much like a passive viewing film like Mm. you you were sitting there and you were watching it but like it didn't make you i guess think too much i'm thinking about it now as i as i think back and we discuss it kind of yeah. thing but in terms of watching the film i wasn't watching it trying to figure out what was going on you know figuring out why things were happening or anything like it doesn't that. engage your brain not that much it's, and, and maybe that's a good yeah thing. Maybe, which maybe is it's just a, a popcorn film yeah which is absolutely fine it just might not be our cup of tea because yeah. you and i went we, we both absolutely love fucking rosemary's baby which was just yeah. like oh we have to analyze everything um <laughs> And this movie is just like no, sit down, enjoy. Yeah, and yeah, it's 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 fine. It's I I completely one hundred percent understand why this is iconic. Mm. 
the I absolutely loved the music. Yes. And the the way they did sound in this movie, like with Michael Myers' breathing. Sound effects, all brilliant, yeah. And the cinematography was beautiful. Like that shot with Myers coming out of the shadow, the the entire set dressing and everything with um with the gravestone and everything, with Linda's body. Mm. Oh, sorry, not Annie's body. Annie. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. There's some absolutely gorgeous cinematography and lighting work here. Mm. I just, yeah, it's kind of a shrug film for me. I don't think it's ever going to be like, you know, oh, it's we're getting around to Halloween time. Better stick in Halloween 1978. I'll always have other Halloween movies I prefer to watch, I think. Yeah. And like, I guess the one thing for me would be, I felt the ending could be better. Personally, I mm. like. I feel like it would have been stronger if. I mean, I I don't like the Loomis character to begin with. Like, <laughs> too like, too cheesy. Just a little bit, but like the fact that he comes in at the very end and just and he's the one that shoots Myers kind of thing. I think it takes all the energy out away from from Laurie from Laurie who mm. spent all this time with the killer trying to survive. I would have much preferred her to be the one that you know, drives him off. Even if it, if, if it's like, you know, he tries to strangle her and they struggle and Myers tips over the mezzanine or something like that. And, and he dies or whatever. And Loomis comes up and he's like, Oh my God, are you all right? How did you defeat him? Or whatever like that. But then he would be even less useful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's literally our like, um, vessel for information. He is. That, that is all he does is he just provides context. Yes. He's just like, <laughs> ah, but did you know that Myers is the vessel of pure evil and this is why? And you're like, cool. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> he, could, he could be the narrator. <laughs> this is true. Actually, as a narrator, it would have been very cool. Mm. If, if we hadn't, if instead of having that character on screen, the entire movie was him telling the story of Michael Myers, that could have been really cool. Yeah. You know, I once had this patient, I treated him for 15 years, blah, 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 blah. And one night he escaped and headed back to his old town. You know, something like that. I could definitely get on board with that. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe he shows up in sequels and he's more of a, you know, I think, a badass. <laughs> I think he does. I think he might at least be in Halloween 2, maybe 3 as well, but I'm not sure. I haven't watched but them. Yeah, I, I just feel like it took the wind out of the sails for me with the fact that all of Laurie's agency at the end was taken away. Especially as Laurie is such a, like, proactive character. Like, she mm. defends herself, she saves the kids, she... You know, she wrestles with the villain and everything like that. She's in no way, like, a victim-victim. She's, yeah. you know, she's clever. She's smart. She defends herself. And then to take the wind... Like, is it the yeah. wind out of the sails? But by, at the end, by going, Ah, but what if this doctor ran in with a gun? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, okay, sure. <laughs> um, so, for your personal enjoyment rating, one being awful, ten being amazing, where would you scale this for yourself? For me, it's... <sighs> Six, six and a half out of ten. A hundred percent agree. I wrote six to six and a half as well. Mm. It's by no means a bad movie. It's definitely iconic. And it's definitely one everyone should watch if you're into horror movies. Yeah, I think so. You should, you should watch all the classics. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Scream, Nightmare on Elm Street. Or you should watch all of them. Not all of them are going to be to your taste. And that's absolutely fine. Mm. You're allowed to enjoy what you enjoy. There's some of them I love from the classic horrors and some of them I really don't yeah so you know uh, we like to give credit where credit's due so there's a particular actor or character that you'd like to give props to in this movie someone who lifted this up for you um it would have to be 
So it would, it would have to be Laurie. So what's that? Jamie Lee. Lee. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. Um, really good actress, even in this. Mm, yeah. Um, she does a very, very, very good job. And you can't say that for all of the actors in this movie. No. So, <laughs> some of them are, are too cheesy. Um, some of them are half-assing it. Um, the kids were very good. But yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. The, her panic is, looks real. Her screams when she runs out of that house are on yeah. point. They were great. She, she feels genuine like an actual, like how an actual human being would react. Yeah. 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 And yeah, she's amazing and you know she's gone on to do amazing things <laughs> i mean she just got the oscar for everything everywhere all at once yes yes and well deserved <laughs> um thank you ryan for joining me for That's halloween 1978 um i'm glad that you've watched it now and yeah add it to your horror horror repertoire and i hope you come back for another episode at some point i know your wife has already asked um <laughs> asked me to do a certain movie with them so <laughs> oh really <laughs> yeah they're, they're, they're already they uh she came up to me during work and was just like can we do this movie next i was like sure <laughs> absolutely we can do we can do that <laughs> Um, thank you everyone for listening this is our last Halloween episode so happy Halloween everyone and we hope you have a spooky season and we'll see you again next week happy Halloween happy Halloween thanks again to our guests and thank you for listening don't forget to leave a rating and review it really does help people find the podcast and remember you can get in on the discussion by sending them an email cherrypophorror at gmail.com and or following them on twitter at cherrypophorror okay good night sleep tight give me someone good to bite